Time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Vint with their views as we deploy Operation RetroShock. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 23 of Operation Retroshock, part 2 of our Doctor Who specials. <laughs> I'm Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... I'm Chris Vint. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second of possibly three, maybe four, <laughs> depending on because we've been looking at the episode listings for the current crop of Doctors from 2005 onwards. And we're like, this could take some time. Yeah. And we also have seven pages worth of emails to read out. Pages from one individual as well. Yes. Dedication, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dedication. Um, so yes, tonight marks, or day, wherever you are. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the hands are going as well here. We're you. only a, less than a minute in and <laughs> the hands are away with it. Um, tonight, day, morning, afternoon, wherever you are, is the time of the modern Doctor Who era. <laughs> Modern Doctor Who era. On um, but yes, that means we are going to be concentrating this evening on uh, Christopher Eccleston's ninth Doctor, David Tennant's tenth Doctor, and Matt Smith's eleventh Doctor. Booyakasha! <laughs> Retaw, rewind. Let's go. I have no idea what the Buyakasha rewind let's go means because then you're rewinding so you're saying things that you've already said like Willy Wonka saying strike that reverse that flip it and reverse it gotta go forward to come back and all that kind of thing makes no sense but it'd be all relative because we'd be hopping in TARDIS and we'd be all over the shop because we can go wherever we want we can go uh, two years in the past that'd be a bit weak though um, <laughs> we go like 20 years in the future that'd be a wee bit better we can go like a billion years in the future that'd be even better well go it back might be even better because it could go all boom boom and stuff I want to go um, back to yesterday no I don't want to go back to yesterday because <laughs> we'd be working yesterday <laughs> I don't want to go back to yesterday mm. but then you have this to look forward to no oh okay fair <laughs> Anyway, we'll quickly go to the break and we'll come back with our first Doctor, which is Christopher Eccleston. Well, ninth Doctor. What? <laughs> ninth Doctor. That's what I say. Our first Doctor. First Doctor. <laughs> first Doctor on the list, you. See you after the break. Break! You are listening to a podcast on popculturenetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. 
Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store. Do you want to come with me? Because if you do, then I should warn you. You're going to see all sorts of things. Ghosts from the past. Aliens from the future. The day the Earth died in a ball of flame. It won't be quiet, it won't be safe, but I'll tell you what it will be. Trip of a lifetime. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Run. Nice to meet you, girls. Run for your life. This box isn't just a London opera, you know. It goes anywhere in the universe. Did I mention it also travels in time? You want moves, bros? I'll give you moves. Really though, Doctor? Tell me, who are you? I'm a Time Lord. I'm the last of the Time Lords. They're all gone. I'm not travelling on my own because there's no one else. There's me. The time will end. And welcome back from the break. It is time to speak about the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Or in other words, Big Ears. <laughs> That's just charming, that is. Is Rose naughty there? Very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> no, her and her bushy eyebrows, they always annoyed me. <laughs> A lot of people said Rose was her favourite companion, not mine. I'm <laughs> sure we will hear who is later. Donna. Have a guess. Who mine? Yes. No. <gasps> what of all time do you mean? No. Oh well I can in the modern day, yeah. Okie doke. Um so we shall jump right into it here with uh Christopher Eccleson's first episode. I suppose we should kinda of start with this uh by me saying how I got into Doctor Who. Ladies and gentlemen, I will mention the first episode that I've watched, which wasn't in Christopher Eccleston's era, it's in something else, and I will divulge that information when we get to that. Carry on, Alan. Thank you very much. Um, I remember back in 2005, I would have been, what was it now? I'm, Minus I'm 21. <laughs> so 16. Six years, so six, five years, something like that. 15, 16. Um, and I'm never good with math. <laughs> <laughs> you be a rubbish time lord. Where do you wanna go? That'd be like fifty million years in the future. Actually it's only fifty million Um I just randomly happened to be watching T V one day and there's an advert for this thing called Doctor Who. And I remember hearing that it used to be quite popular because I'd went and spoke to my dad and said, you know, what's this Doctor Who thing I've heard you know, the adverts are saying like it's coming back and I was like, Was it around before or something like that? And he says, yeah, I used to watch it when I was a kid. And I was like, all right, okay. And I, was, I just decided, oh, you know, 
okay, I'll turn it on the random Saturday. It's you know coming back, and this is where we begin with Rose. So uh, this is where my kind of addiction to Doctor Who begins. But Rose is a nice kind of simple enough episode. <laughs> I was going to say nice and simple enough woman. I was going to say whoa. No. It's a simple enough episode. Gets you reintroduced nice and quickly um, to the ways of Doctor Who. If you're brand new or if you're old, you're sucked right back into it. Um, basically, this episode starts and focuses on surprise, surprise, Rose mm-hmm. um, leaving work. Um, I think it's a shopping centre, something like that. Um, and then, like, these dummies be like coming towards her and be like, be like the Autons from Spearhead in Space, jump out with the first episode. Think about that. Which is, in fact, what they are. They are the Autons. Mm-hmm. So, it's a whole, my goodness, we've already brought back an old enemy. Um, and then, randomly, this random bloke here in a leather jacket pops out from the darkness and goes, run! And <laughs> off the pop, uh, running away, and then somehow the building gets blown up because he leaves Rose outside and he goes, hi, I'm the Doctor, thanks, bye, you know, off he shoots and blows up the building. Um, but the general story of this is the Doctor disappears, Rose isn't, you know, it's like, who is this guy? Um, tries to track down information, finds, uh, can't remember the name of the guy, uh, but is it Clive or something like that? I think he, like, has all the information on file about the Doctor and shows her pictures, like, of him with a family saving them from going on Titanic mm. and, that sort of and that's when Rose's boyfriend Mickey gets turned into an Auton like, <laughs> he looks so shiny in that it episode it is quite scary I must say but the general consensus of this episode is Rose finding out who the Doctor is and eventually wanting to go off on travels with him mm-hmm. because yes you always had to start off with having an enemy, so is, but this was more just to set it up, you know, for the Doctor to introduce himself and basically, look, this is what I am. I'm a man, blue box, I can travel through space and time. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Um, but I thought it was the good part of this episode was uh, where you see basically he parks the TARDIS like opposite from the London Eye. And it's just like, you know, something, you know, needs to be put out that signal, needs to be like a big, like round dish. And it's just like smack bang behind him. <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't realise, and he turns, and Rose is like, you know, look behind you, and he turns around and he goes, brilliant, and then off he goes. Um, but yeah, that's the introduction to it. Chris, what did you think of it? You know, I know it wasn't your first episode, but you went back obviously and watched the stuff. No, I, I thought it was good. Obviously, it's one of those episodes where you get to see the enemy a lot quicker than you do in like some oh, episodes you know like so you get to see them pretty quickly and uh, a nice introduction to the doctor obviously you haven't seen him regenerating you know like we don't know how it went from Paul McGann's doctor to uh, Eccleson's doctor you know um, so we don't know how that's come about yeah, obviously many kids they don't know that they just think this is yeah. the doctor mm-hmm. yeah exactly so no that was uh, a good episode probably one of my um I've never been no great fan of Eccleston as the Doctor, I, I must admit. Um, you preferred him going in 60 seconds? <laughs> yeah, and like, I like wood. Um, maybe he's an honorary <laughs> Dudley boy, I'd never thought of that. Um, but there's a few episodes that I do like, which we'll touch on in a minute or two. Very true. Um, 
the next story for Christopher Eccleston is the end of the world again a pretty you know simple when you think about it story um, <clears throat> doctors decide you know what we'll do I'll show you know I have a time machine you know let Rose see what what it does where she can go so it has to be all mystery misery guts and say you know what I'll do I'll take you to the end of the earth mm-hmm. so it's they're on satellite five uh uh, I don't know. Was it was it called Satellite Five? This one? No, it was Platform One. I think. Is it? I think Satellite Five. Satellite Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Platform One. Um, it's case of the sun's about to go supernova. The Earth's going to be consumed, and there is an enemy in this called Lady Cassandra, which is basically she calls herself the last human uh, in existence when really moisturise me. Yeah, when she's really just a stretch of skin. Yeah. Voiced by Zoe Wanamaker from my family. Very good. There you go. Um, but I've, I remember when I first saw this episode, I really just did not like Cassandra at all. No. It was, well, more than the fact that it, she was just a piece of skin. And obviously we see her later on in one of the episodes as well. Indeed. Um, but the whole idea of this was kind of... The way the first episode set you up to see who the Doctor is, this one... Let you see from Rose's perspective the dangers that the Doctor brings, because obviously she's in a room at one part and the shield's coming down, and the sun's coming in, basically close to death. Um, and again, it shows us the first, I, you know, way of things, the way the Doctor costs people's lives, and that uh, what was it? What were the name of the trees? I can't remember the, but the tree people. <laughs> um, when the doctor shoots off with the girl and like she's holding the thing and then she bursts into flames oh is that is, is that that has like the fan yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and basically he closes his eyes and walks to the fan and he's all okay so mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all good people it's all good <laughs> um but yeah that was it was a decent enough wee episode but uh <laughs> it, it wouldn't be up there and it wouldn't be one that would rush to rewatch. yeah yeah it's one that maybe if it was on like watch or something like that and I had a half hour to spare it would yeah, some of it or something like that. Um, next episode for Eccleston was the Unquiet Dead, which is set back in 1800s Cardiff. Uh, this is again another. It's kind of like another first for Doctor Who in the sense of links to the future episodes because Charles Dickens is in this episode. All right, and obviously there's in the latest Matt Smith story a Christmas Carol, so mm-hmm. that's kind of the link. Um, but I'm quite dead. Was the whole, this whole thing is that there's these spirits and all that consume the dead bodies, and they. I honestly don't remember this episode. What I don't even know if I've seen this episode. In all honestly, um, because I, I remember we were talking about it before we came on air, and <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this is the one that has uh, Gwen Cooper's ancestor," and you're like, "Oh, really?" Um, but yeah, the whole kind of key part behind this story was there was this old woman died, the ghost thing in the gas system or something, gas lighting, took her body and she off and went and looked to a public reading from Charles Dickens. Um, I know, a bit of a random one. <laughs> um, but then this is where a bit of confusion happens when there's the whole crossover later with Torchwood and Gwen. Because supposedly, I think, if I remember rightly, the girl who's played by Eve Miles in this, Gwyneth, surprisingly, haha, Gwen, Gwyneth, she's an only child. Mm-hmm. But later in Tennant's era, Gwen is part of a 
long line of Carter family. Yeah, because he says that there on the thing on Torch yes. he goes like, who's she, Gwen Cooper? Are you a member of the blah blah blah? And then he goes, oh yeah, I thought so. And then he looks to Rose and Rose says, alright. Oh, <laughs> no, Donna does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she basically sacrifices herself for the Geth, which is like quite nasty. Uh, Move on to the next episode. I have nothing to comment on this one whatsoever. But it was kind of cool in that it ended up with uh, Charles Dickens. He walks away through the streets of Cardiff and he passes, he quotes, God blesses everyone. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas caroling and like it's kind of given slight inspiration yeah <coughs> because I think what does I remember rightly it's the doctor drops hints, hints that he's going to be you know a really famous and well remembered you know, very author. much like he does with his Shakespeare yep then. pretty much pretty much uh, next you have double parter Aliens of London World War 3 this is where we see our first appearance of you would call the first new um, Barry obviously had the Geth in the previous episode but they weren't as prominent mm-hmm. as you would consider now in these two episodes which is Slavine mm-hmm. which are the people that steal your skin and then put it on and it's like hello is this also the first episode that we see Harriet Jones it is indeed which former one? prime minister yes we know we know who you <laughs> are um, but yes this uh in these episodes, she's just a lowly MP backbencher right. trying to get a meeting with the Prime Minister, who is in fact a Slovene. But what happens here is there's alien ship crashes into Big Ben, into the Thames, and it's like a what did they what did the doctor call it? It's like it's a pig that's been messed about with pretty much. <laughs> they made you know make it more intelligent and. That sort of stuff, but this is also the episode that you see um, the actress who plays Tosh in Torchwood. No, she's right. like uh, a doctor or something in the facility that's checking the supposed alien. Uh-huh. Um, so that's another first. Uh, but basically, over these two episodes, uh, you have the Slytherine are basically going to sell off Earth to the highest bidder and. Obviously, the Doctor doesn't want to allow that because that'll result in the deaths of the billions of people on Earth. Slithine fart a lot. Yes, it's the gaseous build-up from inside the suits, from the compression and all that. Um, but what they do is uh, basically Rose and uh, all decide to sneak in to... Uh, Rose and Harriet Jones sneak into the office of the Prime Minister and they're disco- basically discovered by the Slovene and it results in I think what is it fire like like fire the missile towards Downing Street and Downing Street gets blown up but because they're, oh, yeah, they're cause, in the cabinet room yeah protected. that's right yeah and then basically this is where it sets up the future for Harriet Jones and again a comment from the doctor of uh, Harriet Jones and then he goes how did I not forget you know how did I forget you know, future, pre- you know, future prime yeah. minister and all that sort like of stuff. Actually, she goes off to deal with the press and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she basically reestablishes Downing Street and becomes prime minister, which we will find out later. Um, the next one would probably be considered by most kind of a defining point in the series so far, which is Dalek. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Dalek? Um. 
I've I don't own series one on DVD, so I'll watch them whenever they're on TV. So I've seen Dalek like once or twice, so I know the premise of like the Dalek strapped up, you know, like chained up and all, chained up, and it's Rose that actually touches it and makes it like come alive, yes. so to speak. So, um, for a lot of Doctor Who fans who've been fans, you know, like um many years ago to see the reemergence of the Daleks yeah. but you know they're not the Power Ranger Daleks yet yes. um, go go Power Daleks but to see them and to see the menace come back in them obviously a lot of people would be like oh, I wonder if we're going to see the Daleks I wonder if we're going to see Yeti or the Cybermen or you know whatever. well that's the thing as well speaking of the Cybermen you get a hint in this episode of the Cybermen because when the Doctor lands the TARDIS in the facility mm-hmm at the beginning it's in like you know a display area and there's like all different glass cabinets and as the doctor walks along there's a cabinet with a Cyberman helmet in it like oh. the old style Cyberman helmet yeah so that's a throwback to the old series uh-huh. um, so you've got that in it and then obviously uh, this really shows how different and what well, the doctor is in this episode in comparison to what people would be used to who have watched the older ones and that he's a lot more violent as Christopher Eccleston. I was going to say, it doesn't he like, if memory serves, doesn't he like have like an encounter with Rose where he's kind of a bit ticked off with Rose for? He yeah, he's pretty ticked off in this episode, full stop, because you know she's the one who touched the Dalek at yeah. back, pretty much the full bar mm-hmm. and all. Um, but because basically, I think it's something at some point he shouts at either her or someone, you know, we're going to die basically. You know, this will kill everybody in this facility, and then it'll go outside and it'll kill everyone there. Um, because what is it? it's Von Von Staten is the guy who owns the facility and he just wants to collect rare uh, alien stuff uh, one of the funny lines I remember from this episode was where the doctor is like looking for weapons or something to try and combat the Dalek mm-hmm. um, Von Staten's like oh yeah you know that cost me like this and you know like oh that's real you know I really like that one and the doctor just goes yeah it's a hairdryer <laughs> you know, it's an intergalactic hairdryer and tosses it aside um, but this is the one where um, the kind of first, you could call it, semi-male companion appears in Doctor Who. Um, I can't remember the character's name for the life of me, um, but it, he's another one out of like EastEnders or Carnation yeah, Street or something. Play, yeah, I think he's in Carnation Street. Um, but he kind of is like, ooh, Rose, pretty lady. <laughs> Off I pop with her. Um but yeah, this... It's not Bruno or something is his name, is it? No, I don't think it's Bruno. Uh, Maybe that's his, the character, the guy's name. Frank Bruno? <laughs> yeah, Frank Bruno. His name is Frank Bruno. <laughs> Norman Doctor. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, where's his name? Alan's just checking the information there. It is Bruno! Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, your memory's not that bad, my memory's worse. Bruno, Bruno. Oh, it is. <laughs> but a lot of people considered this to be the first episode where the Daleks flew as well. Yeah. In fact, this is wrong because you and me watched the McCoy episode. Mm-hmm. Rooms of the Daleks. Where it's like scribbles underneath the Dalek to make it look <laughs> like it's jet power or something. Um, that was early scribble knots development. <laughs> early scribble knots development. Yeah. Um, but this basically shows you the indestructibility of a single Dalek against a pile of humans because mm-hmm. there's that scene where it's like it's not you wouldn't call it a hangar because it's a giant facility but it's in this place where there's like levels and all the people are just pointing their guns at it and it just like fires its 
uh, gun at the ground and like electrifies them all or exterminates them all. Mm. And we're like, oh no. And then I think the kind of slight letdown in this episode is the end where he, the doctor's basically wanting to kill it and Rose is like, I'll speak to it. And then the Donix is like, oh okay, you know. But the doctor's basically like, yeah, your people are dead, blah blah blah, I killed them. Yeah. And then it just like self explodes itself. And of course that is the first of many occasions that the Daleks think they're the last and get yeah. killed mm-hmm. in the RTD era. They go like go at it like rabbits. That'd be quite worrying. <laughs> because personally I would not like to see a Dalek going like a rabbit. <laughs> like bunny is on top. <laughs> uh this kind of story then overlaps with Bruno, funky sight meet Bruno, into <laughs> uh, the long game, which I completely forgot. Um, I watched it on, surprisingly watched the other day, um, <laughs> that it had Simon Pegg in it. Yeah. Because this was just before Simon Pegg really took off to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He'd had, I think he'd had Shaun of the Dead. But this is just before he started getting the likes of Star Trek and... Hot Fuzz and all that stuff. And all that sort of stuff. Excuse me. You're just that, you're that enthralled by him, are you? <laughs> no, no. Um, I thought he played a great villain, you know, with him being up in the the level where these people are like brainwashing or... I suppose, you know, what is it? Like you're promoted? Yeah, And then yeah. you go into the elevator because no one goes up in the elevator ever comes back. Or whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought he was very good and then obviously there was that blob thing which name I can't the remember the Jagger face uh, that fella I remember, I, rem- I, rem- I remember that name from Doctor Who Top Trumps <laughs> Jagger face body weight be like huge um, but th- it is this episode just stands out basically for Simon Pegg's performance because um, I happened to switch it on and watch just at the time when the Rose and doctor where you know he'd like been trying to wire into the system and get information yeah but they finally got allowed to go up in the elevator mm-hmm. and bruno had been off getting his clicky jobby yeah, his and head. this is obviously the last time we see bruno which is all good yes can't complain there um but he gets like the clicky device in his head that allows him to i think it's spike into the system and get like yeah. information but but in the Doctor and Rose get captured. It basically allows Simon Pegg trying to get the information of who they are mm-hmm. out of them. They're like, um, they don't exist. He's like, they don't exist, I want to know. Um, and the Doctor refuses to give him information and then he gets the picture through of Bruno spiking the system. Basically, he gets the information that way. So he mm-hmm. says, oh, Time Lord. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he, said the, he said the T word. <laughs> um, he knows who you are. Um, but then, uh, <coughs> sorry, apologies. Uh, sorry, I had to clear my throat. But uh, then, the doctor find, realizes that's why there's like why satellite five is so warm. Is yeah. Jack Fess's body heat and all is getting pushed through the rest of the satellite. Um, but the end of this is basically that. Uh, he drops like Bruno off, yeah, and then he says, "You're not coming with me. You're not coming. Yeah, because you're not. You're right. Yeah, so you're going home." And then his mom comes in, going, "Where have you been?" And it'll just be like, through like that there, and then the thing opens up yeah. in his head, and just then like, ah, yeah. Um, I'd be quite uh, because he was phoning stuff. He was phoning stuff 
to his answering machine. Yeah. And then, like, his memory, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the doctor was just like, no, bad boy, you like, go, you go away. It has to be said that um, until we get to a later episode here, that the male companions with the doctor, apart from the brig- brigadier, and probably, um, I think it's Ian, who was in what I watched, Revenge of the Cybermen, um, he was pretty good. Do you not love Turtle? No, Turtle's rubbish, <laughs> and I never liked this guy, Bruno. I thought, it, uh, to be to be honest with you, I didn't see the point in putting him in whatsoever. I just see, I didn't like this character. The fact of I knew he was from a soap. You know, as there's so many soap it, crossovers in this. Well, yeah, unreal. that's true. But in the position, get out of my pub. In the position he was as a companion and reasonably young, you know, same age bracket as mm-hmm. Billy Piper. <coughs> Doctor Who was good for Billy Piper in the sense of she hadn't really acted on a huge basis. Yeah. She'd done a few wee things before. Um, Obviously being the singer. Yes. You know you want to. You know you want to. You know, I'm going to have to put that in here somewhere this episode. <laughs> Please do, because I just want to hear me go, you know you want to, and then just hear, you know you want to, by Billy Piper. <laughs> uh, Number one, whenever she was like... Twelve. Well, was t- <laughs> no, she wasn't twelve. She was close. I think she was like fourteen or sixteen. And then Chris Evans married her. What? <laughs> um, Ginger. Hello. <laughs> uh, um, Anywho, it's time for Father's Day. Is it? Crud! I haven't come without a card. Well, not that Father's Day. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, this is a very interesting episode because this is kind of the first time it's explored about Rose's background in a deep kind of yeah way. Um, Obviously, we kind of saw in the first episode that she just has her mum mm-hmm. and Jackie Kate Tyler, who's an absolute legend, by the way. Hey, Jackie, no, 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 because no, she, she's in King anything. Ralph as uh, John Goodman's squeeze. Oh, is she? Yes. Oh. Um, and Mickey, he be an Ovidus M pet. He be called Wyman, so he be a legend too. No. Yes. No. <laughs> no, senor. Yep. Um, but Father's Day is. Basically, the doctor says to Rose, she basically wants to go back and see the day her father died. Yeah. And the doctor, thinking he can trust her, mm-hmm. takes her back and basically kind of defining pictures, so to say, from this episode is the bit where basically they're standing on the road, the other side, you know, up the road from where it's going to happen, and the doctor just puts out his hand and takes her hand. Yeah. But then she takes off like a bat out of hell and saves her dad from getting knocked down. And then the car just keeps doing loops, keeps on yeah. appearing and uh, disappearing and then reappearing which and is, stuff. Which is when the Reapers appear, mm-hmm. because obviously her data was meant to die and was not meant to live. Um, but it's also a part of the fact that in this episode, um, she, this is going to sound wrong, touches herself um, as a baby. And that brings the whole BLE, Blinovich Limitation, effect <laughs> And the controversy... I want BLT, not BLE. Maybe later. And later on, in one of the episodes, Love and Monsters, we got ELO, which is Electric Light Orchestra. Be like E-I-E-I-O? <laughs> no. You don't not sing an old MacDonald. But what is it? Isn't it in this episode that... Obviously, you see young Mickey in there as well, but... Um, what does it go... What happens to the TARDIS? Something happens to the TARDIS. It disappears. 
Uh, yeah, it disappears, and then there's the key, and it says make sure that key is kept in there or kept hot. Mm-hmm. And then the reaper or something flies in, and then it falls out. And then oh no, he goes to open the door, and it's like it's, just it is just the casing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Um, the phys- yeah, the I, this was this was yeah. a very good episode. One of my it's not my favorite Eccleston one. We'll get on my favorite one shortly. Um, but um, I just really enjoyed this episode. It's weird seeing, you know, the way they went back in time, they've kind of botched something, you know, like as they've said, you know, if you step in a butterfly, you know, something else will happen. You yeah. Know, that was what Martha says in her first um, travel with the doctor. Um, whereas, you know, he thinks um, he can trust her and. He realizes and she still is yeah. nude. Mm-hmm. To time travel yeah. and, and this isn't the, temp- the first the temptation was too great to say. Yeah, and this isn't the first time as well that Rose meets her mother and her mother doesn't know who she is. Yes, because later on she be a dog. Rough. Yes, <laughs> but much later she be a dog. Um, in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, I went there. Oh damn! Um, <laughs> Kitty can but yeah, basically the way this episode rounds up is the fact that uh, she explains to Pete that. He is in fact her dad. Yeah, and it takes a bit of time for him to realize this, and then he figures out that for everything to go back to normal, that uh, he has to sacrifice has his to life. Because he kill himself by jumping in front of the car. Yeah. Um, so what was meant to happen happened. But uh, what I think the nice thing about the end of this episode is the fact that when he does get hit by the car, Rose is there while he dies. But then isn't it? Isn't it something about is it in this episode or some other time when they're back in Rose's normal time with her mum, or is it in this? I can't remember. Um, no, you're thinking of the one, the parallel world, wherever she goes up to her mum, hugs her, and then she, her mum says, "Where did you go?" And the doctor says, "Very far away." No, no, is it's, that what you're thinking? No, no, of? no, it's what I'm thinking is the bit where her mum tells her. There was a young girl with him when he died. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, she's reading the story yeah. to Rose whenever she's a kid. like about seven or eight. Yeah, and says like there was, a lovely there was somebody, with there, was somebody there with him whenever right um, he died. passed on, so he wasn't alone. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well remembered, sir. Yeah. <coughs> Moving on. Get in there. Your favorite tie. The empty child. And the doctor dances. <coughs> Two parter. <coughs> written by <coughs> Mr. Stephen Moffat. Oh, and then it was all downhill apart from one. Don't blink, otherwise you die! Splink? <laughs> splink! Don't splink or blink. Splink or blink. No ink. <laughs> but the empty child, Dr. Dances, can be summed up by a few words. Um, are you my mummy? <laughs> so we had Father's Day and I was like, are you my mummy? Because they're not the mummies to be left out. But yes, it's World War Two Britain. Yes, World War Two Britain. Yeah. World War II. Hey Rose, love the t-shirt! I love that T-shirt as well. It was proper wicked. It's like, ooh, stuck in your dirty pillows. But yeah, what is it? The land in World War Two, London, and then the Doctor receives a phone call. Yeah. On the out- in the outside compartment of the TARDIS. Because how are you phoning this? There's no line. Are you my mummy? And he's like, oh dear, something's quite wrong here. Um, if we kind of jump forward. Basically, I don't believe it. Yes, he's in it too. He's in it too. He <laughs> says, "Are you my mummy as well?" <laughs> yes. Uh, but Rose gets separated from the doctor. Yeah, because she sees the kid. 
mm-hmm. and is rescued by a certain dashing individual. With, let's just say, it wasn't his best hair day. Wasn't it really? <laughs> just when you think of this individual now, you really, when you go back and watch this episode, this one and like, whoa, look at th- there. This one and the one where he's with like the Trini and Susanna bots, and his hair's like spiked up. Yeah. still re- pretty bad there yeah, too. I know I'm not one to talk about hair and <laughs> hairstyles and whatever, but later on, oh, there's only know, fair considering it is John Barman. Barman. But yes, John Barman and the character that would become infamous in Doctor Who and Torchwood, Captain yeah. Jack Harkness. I think it was, this was one of the best. You know, obviously it brought a lot of new characters in it, but for me, Captain Jack was just really you great. really stood out. Yeah. It's because mm-hmm. it's because of John Barman. He has such a charisma about him that he can put into characters. Yeah. Um, because, of course, uh, being... Captain Jack, he tries to wear anything that has legs, and even some that have more than two legs. Um, blue people, red people, whatever. Uh, he will go after it. Um, <laughs> Captain Jack doesn't discriminate. Well, that's true, he doesn't. Um, Alonzo as well. Um, but Alonzo? He thinks Rose is like a time agent, mm-hmm. and he's basically a scammer now. He's an ex-time agent, he's going to scam Rose, so he tries to wear and the dance on top of the spaceship in front of Big Ben. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was a pretty cool scene, I have to say. Pretty good when you think of BBC budgetary <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff. Um, so he... Rose basically says she's there with someone, and he says, oh, a partner? And, he, and she says, well, he kind of makes the decisions. So Jack gets her to take it, him to the doctor, and he continues the whole, you know, I have... A cap, you know, like was it it's an ambulance capsule or something? Yeah. Um, it has a virus in it, but he plays it as a bomb that's landed in like World War Two London, um, and it's going to blow up if he doesn't get monies. Um, <clears throat> but of course, it's around this time that they're in again another hospital, um, <laughs> which you, which is when they meet. Victor Miller. Victor Miller. Richard, Richard, well, Richard Wilson. Who is Dr. Constantine. I have to say that one of the freakiest images in this series is, is this? whenever the, you see like the gas mask popping out, out of, of their mouth. mouth. Yeah. Uh, that is just freaky. Um, but I love the way it, you know, like the first episode hangs, wherever they're like surrounded by them, going like, are you my mummy? And they're like, not to be touched. Bed, yeah. And then whenever the second episode starts, it goes like, go to your room, I'm very, very cross. <laughs> and they all like hang their heads and walk away and goes like, oh, I'm thankful that worked. <laughs> and it's just like, I thought that was brilliant. It was um, very, very good. Just pure doctor using words to actually get himself out of a situation. Um, but in the second episode, we find out that... Uh, the child that's been affected, uh, it was, what's it? It's not nanomites, that's another thing Chris Frackleson was in, that was G.I. Joe, Flavor Dave. Um, <laughs> the. Yeah, I, I know. The ambulance capsule. I know what you're talking about, the. Yeah, the. the they are nano something or other. Um, because then he goes like that, figure out you clever little. things. Yeah. I'll find out. Give me a second. Nano jeans. There we go. Well, well, I mean, you had nano enough, in there. Close enough. Yeah. Um, but it was basically explained that the wee kid had been hurt during the bombing raid, mm-hmm. and the nano jeans had found him, and he'd been wearing his gas mask. So they as- automatically assumed yeah, that, that this that was, was the human, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. human makeup. Um, so they started changing anybody that was sick 
into this. Yeah. And then the doctor also finds out that the young girl that he, they happen to find with that is like feeding the youngsters during mm-hmm. the air raids is in fact the mother of that the episode child. made me so hungry whenever they were all eating the turkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, that she was in fact the kid's mum. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the doctor gets to was it he gets he doesn't get Captain Jack too because Captain Jack's going to blow it up anyway. But they get to like the ambulance capsule and then that's when. All what you explain yeah. is the uh, nanogenes and you know yeah that's when it like fires it and they go like oh come on you clever little nanogenes because she's hugging him and yeah you know they're to realise but also that's when it was just before that that Captain Jack uses his ship to like capture the bomb that's due to fall yeah he's like I don't need it get rid of it and that's when that's like, hey Rose love the t-shirt and that's when Thanks. that's when everybody uh, thinks that Captain Jack's gonna die yeah because he has to set the ship <laughs> the bit at the end whenever they the nanogenes fix everyone yeah. else and then Richard Wilson stand there and one woman goes like oh my leg my leg it, it grew back and it goes like and Richard Wilson says like is it possible you dreamt this or like you imagined <laughs> this or whatever you know like it's not something you would forget you know you were like losing a leg but um, no this for me this was his best storyline obviously seeing Captain Jack and it, it was a very good two-parter. It's, some, it's something that shows that in Doctor Who, you can have an enemy that's so simple, but yet so scary. Yeah, because I'm and sure then some kids' nightmares. Yeah, and then obviously in one of the Suntaran stratagem, Poison Sky, it'd be like whenever David Tennant puts a mask on and says, are you my mummy? And then it's like, that's the, officer, the officer goes like, what? He goes like, oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but of course this episode ends up with... Uh, Jack's sitting in his ship and he's like preparing a drink and you know getting ready for the bomb to explode yeah and then you just see the doctor and uh, Rose Each, the doors are opened and it's basically it's the inside of the TARDIS yeah and everybody's dancing away and all that sort of stuff and that is when Captain Jack joins the crew for the run up to the finale hmm. but like everybody's gonna go and be like oh no Daleks um Next episode, we're going to skim over it really, really quickly, because this was one of the weakest episodes, I would say, in the series, Boomtown, which is the return of the Slitheen, which, in fact, the female Slitheen, which I will, at this moment in time, try and pronounce the name. I'm going to get something to eat, because I know nothing about this episode whatsoever. I'm not, I will move my not, microphone. Not <laughs> Enjoy, folks. Uh, oh, great. My, my summary doesn't have... The full name of her as a Slitheen, but it's she's called Margaret, funnily enough. Um, basically, one of the female ones that were in the earlier episode with uh, Downing Street and all, she's somehow managed to escape and survive. Is this whenever the ship's like down the bottom of the Thames or something like that? That was that. That was that. Oh, okay. With, uh, Downing I get Street and all. Confused. Um, but she's now mayor of Cardiff, and she started a nuclear plant. Uh, called Blade Drew um, and please forgive me if that is not the correct pronunciation in Welsh uh, I'm not the best when it comes to that um, Gwen Cooper get in touch Yes, I'd be liking to talk to you uh, get your teeth fixed though <laughs> uh, be just a bit of a gap there um, if that was fixed perfect uh, but she's basically going to you know the power station's faulty and all that sort of stuff and it's going to cause a rift and she says she's going to surf out <laughs> surfboard or something. 
You said surfboard. It looks like you play Beach Boys, like Seth and Cardiff in this. It looks like a surfboard. Right, go on to the next episode. She gets transformed into an egg and it all becomes okay and then <laughs> that's when Bad Wolf is revealed that it's you know been following them. And then that takes us on to our finale doubleheader. Fun times await us because it is time for Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. Which again returns us to Satellite 5. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's now a case of Satellite 5 is like a TV network satellite uh, around Earth. Um, and it kind of gets revealed in this that the Doctor's... This is really odd. The Doctor's meddling back in the earlier episode has caused... Uh, this is in the long game. Has caused like what was it a hundred years of regression or something mm. in the human race, um, but this is when um, Captain Jack, Rose, and the Doctor are all like, not, well, teleported and kind of stolen from the TARDIS. Yeah, they're all like separated and put into different games. The Doctor's in like the Big Brother house. Rose is on the weakest link, and Captain Jack's with Trini and Susanna. Should be the change in times now because where are Trini and Susanna? I yeah, don't know. I don't really care to be honest. Um, but they're all like robots. So the weakest link, if your vote is the weakest link, then you get disintegrated. Uh, disintegrated. So, so um, they think. So they think they get disintegrated. But the first episode of this is really just the whole part of they're stuck in the games, trying to get back to one another. Um, the Doctor breaks out a Big Brother, um, and realizes that something's not quite right in the fact that he's not disintegrated mm-hmm. when he damages something because he fires the sonic screwdriver at uh, one of the cameras Yeah, because in Big Brother that's a rule if you damage Big Brother house you're out um, and he takes uh, one of the fellow contestants with him uh, yes I know what you mean Linda with a Y um, and then just get to the end of the episode the Doctor and Jack and all manage to make it to Rose on the weakest link, and just as they arrive, she runs to him and gets disintegrated by Anbot. <laughs> but then, of course, we find out that the individuals behind all this crazy shenanigans are, in fact, the Daleks. Oh! As Chris hurts himself. <laughs> Startled me, Daleks. Oh, like, run away! <laughs> um, but basically, there's the Emperor Dalek, which was. There was Davros was meant to be the Emperor Dalek in that McCoy episode we watched, which was a bit of an odd one. Mm. Which was the episode that... You have so many, you know, Supreme Dalek, Dalek Khan, you know, you have so many Daleks. In that McCoy episode, I basically described what Davros comes out of as like a burger van (laughs) um, that you see down the seaside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chicken nuggets for one! The finale here, Parting of the Ways... um, to try and keep it relatively short what the Daleks are trying to do is they're using the people that have they've brought out of the games to make kind of scrambled it was like your woman who had it was your woman who had like all the leads on her you know like the controller kind of thing Doctor yeah that Doctor. was very very strange looking um, but the Daleks were basically making up their numbers by using human parts mm-hmm. um, 
and then because what is it the doctor attempts to make what is it, a delta wave it's like a delta wave thing so he can try and destroy all the Daleks yeah. um, and he's putting on like a really positive face and him and Jack are talking and Jack's like is it going to work and the doctor's like mm, you know and then that's the doctor says you know would you go and get this in the TARDIS for me and the door of the TARDIS shuts and basically it takes her back home mm-hmm. because he appears as a hologram you know you know what is it one valid for one trip or something and you're you know Rosen sending you home because it's too dangerous yeah you know it's a safety protocol built into the TARDIS you're going home and then she tries all her might to get back using a mini, a truck, and all that sort of stuff to break. So, like the JCB kind of thing? Yeah, because the doctor basically says, leave the TARDIS behind. It'll just become like a shadow in the corner of the street. No one will realize that years will pass and it'll slowly die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she cracks open the heart of the TARDIS to get it going again. And, you know, the vortex goes into her eyes and off she pops back to the doctor to save him. Um, but this is where the epic gunfight with Captain Jack happens. Remember, he just basically goes all guns firing towards the Dalek. Yeah. And then, what is it? Is the Dalek corners him, and then it just goes exterminate, and he says, I figured something like that. He's <laughs> like, ha, oh, you're all badass. Um, but then, that's this. this is again, this is where Captain Jack's kind of future story begins, in the sense that... Um, Rose goes, I bring life, and brings Jack back to life. Yeah. Which is quite interesting for, obviously, what happens. Because, obviously, the Doctor leaves him behind Mm -hmm. in this. Because the Doctor's quite scared of what has actually happened to him. Because, as a Time Lord, he believes that no one should live forever. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, and it's like, Pot kettle and black, considering you have a pile of regenerations, Mr. 900 year old Time Lord. <laughs> um, but this is the end of this, is obviously the first regeneration you see. After this, here we will play with the audio that goes from Christopher Axelson into David Tennant. Yes, we will indeed. Um, but basically, the doctor, Christopher Axelson, has absorbed the vortex and all from uh, Rose because they're going to freak out her mind a wee bit like what happens to Donna in the later series mm-hmm. um, binary 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 damn I hated you couldn't finish that line <laughs> um, and then he's absorbed it which is again a wee bit like the poisoning of yeah. uh, not, not yeah. radiation but it's some sort of poisoning yeah. um, doctor explains I'm gonna change I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna be the same I'm not gonna have this old face mhm and of course, he transforms, regenerates, into a certain unknown actor at this stage, um, David Tennant. Mm, teeth. Yes, they're a bit big, aren't they? <laughs> but uh, this is where it's going to get interesting. Yes, we spent 45 minutes talking about one series to do with Christopher Eccleston. Before we go to the break, Alan, um, obviously you... As you said, David Tennant was pretty unknown actor, very much the same vein that Matt Smith is. Would you have liked to see Christopher Eccleston do a, another series? And do you think on the 
anniversary in a couple of years' time, do you think he'll come back if they do like a five doctors or six doctors or whatever special? At the time, I would have liked to have seen Chris Fragelson do a second series because, like everybody says, you never forget your first doctor. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of that sort of appeal in the sense of, you know, I've got used to this guy over the course mm-hmm. of a series. And I kind of liked some of his mannerisms and the way... The way, if I look back at it now, the way he was different, but that's the whole point of the Doctor, different than his previous incarnations. Yeah. In the sense of he was a bit moody and it was because of the time war. I would have liked to have seen him do a second series, but when everybody looks back now, really don't have no regrets that he did in fact go. In regards to the eventual anniversary, if it, you know, a one-off special, I could see that he would come back. Because, again, it was the age-old story that he didn't want to get bogged down in the show. He didn't want to get typecast kind of thing. Because you would consider him a big enough actor, but he's not like a Tom Cruise or something like that. Mm -hmm. He was a big name to get Doctor Who back. And everybody's like, oh, it's Christopher Eggleston, seen him in Gone 60 Seconds or this or that. Mm -hmm. So we'll go and watch it. Um, But he wanted to not get bogged down in TV with Doctor Who. So I could see with a special I'm coming back, and I would actually like to see that, because it would be pretty neat. Um, but we will have to wait another couple of years. Okay, well, we're going to take a break and regenerate from Chris Eccleston... We're going to go to Barcelona. ...and David Tennant. And, uh, boy, we're going to be here for a while. This has been 15 minutes talking about Christopher Eccleston. I can see double or maybe triple this here, which is going to be something chronic. I think we're going to have to split this up into series and parts as well. So, uh, see you all after the break. Break. Mm, new teeth. Hello, this is James Etock, and you're listening to Operation Retroshock. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. So you remember? It's like... There was a singing. That's right. I sang a song and the Daleks ran away. I was at home. No, I wasn't. I I was in the TARDIS and... uh, There was this light. I can't remember anything else. Rose Tyler. I was going to take you to so many places. Barcelona? Not the city, Barcelona. The planet, Barcelona. You'd love it. Fantastic place. They've got dogs with no noses. <laughs> Imagine how many times a day you end up telling that joke, and it's still funny. Then why can't we go? Maybe you will. And maybe I will. But not like this. You're not making sense. I might never make sense again. I might have two heads. Or no head. <laughs> Imagine me with no head. And don't say that's an improvement. But it's a bit dodgy, this process. You never know what you're going to end up with. Don't tell me! Tell me what's going on. I absorbed all the energy of the time vortex, and no one's meant to do that. (laughs) 
Every cell in my body's dying. Can't you do something? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Time Lords have this little trick. It's sort of a way of cheating death. Except it means I'm going to change. And I'm not going to see you again. Not like this. Not with this daft old face. And before I go... Don't say that. Rose. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. Where was I? Oh, that's right. Barcelona. Merry Christmas! Is that a different face or is he a different person? How should I know? What if he's dying? This planet is armed and we do not surrender. Surrender or they will die. Now leave this planet in peace! Call the planet. So where are we going? Further than we've ever gone before. I don't believe we've met. I'm the doctor. May I introduce Miss Sarah Jane Smith? K9! Said he'll talk to a wanderer, to the man without a home. Might I introduce Her Majesty Queen Victoria? Welcome to Torchwood. His name is the Doctor. Doctor what? I have to sacrifice Rose. You've got their children! Of course they're gonna fight! We must protect the Genesis Ark! Genesis Ark? The Genesis Ark is primed! I obey! Together, we could upgrade the universe! Cybermen will remove class and color and creed! This is a story of how I died. Welcome back from the break, which didn't last 45 minutes, very much like that segment did. <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed that anyway. You can see where we're going whenever, initially, whenever we f did the first three Doctors, we picked our favourite episodes, or episodes that we've seen, because obviously there's a lot of episodes that aren't released on DVD. Not the same can be said by the 9th, 10th, and 11th Doctor. Yeah, um, pretty much Eccleston was my kind of forte there. But Which before we, before we actually get in sorry, into it, um, sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. Obviously, um, this man, this regeneration, kind of struck a chord 
with a lot of um, viewers. Obviously, you'd watch from Eccleston into Tennant. Mm-hmm. Did that first re- regeneration mean as much as it did from Tennant into Matt Smith? No. No. I think, like I kind of said with Eccleston, and that I built up a bit of a relationship with this version of the Doctor. Meant holding the hands down the beach. <laughs> too much, Chris. That's <laughs> all right. Um, but you kind of build up the relationship and getting to know this guy, and you know the characteristics and know what you expect of him and that. But because he only stayed for one series, mm-hmm. it wasn't as big a kind of relationship as the next individual and the fact that David Tennant who hung around for what was it three series and specials yeah um, so everybody you know like you're talking about three series of what about was it 13 episodes a series something like that yeah so he's you know in the public eye for such a long period of time mm. and no doubt we will stress this numerous times a fantastic portrayal of the character yes bringing his own certain charisma to it and the like um this well I won't go into that because no doubt we'll get to that when whatever part of the show it's going to be in because we don't know how long this is going to last um it'd be all wibbly wobbly timey wimey that's our excuse we're sticking to it apologies if this goes like a bit wayward and it goes into four episodes instead of three but hey it's Doctor Who if it goes into four episodes we'll put it out on a quicker basis because it would be totally unfair to yourselves to expect you to wait two weeks per part (laughs) it wouldn't be fair at all um, yeah, like, what would that be too for? That'd be like, like two months. That'd be like a month. Yeah, two months of Doctor Who. It'd be like, woo. <laughs> would be like, I'm bored. I'm I don't tired. like Doctor Who. Uh, Either our viewing figures will go up or plummet. They'll go up. They'll go up. Everybody like Doctor Who, really, but I think it would be pushing to ask them to listen to it for like two months. <laughs> yeah. Um, but David Tennant first time in the role um, and I didn't know this until we were kind of researching the other day but in fact there was a children in need special which was like five minutes long (laughs) (laughs) oh dude five minutes long that wasn't me that was the TARDIS Um, it'd be epically sick (laughs) there's a children in need special that was about five minutes long that was kind of a wee bit like what time crash is later on um, and that it shows you just what happens a couple of minutes after David Tennant's regeneration because obviously the last series ended with new teeth and then at Barcelona yeah um, so the whole point was going to Barcelona and that sort of thing but this that kind of links in quickly with uh, the Christmas invasion which is again and it seems to happen with David Tennant's Doctor the comparisons with Peter Davison because the Doctor's regeneration kind of goes a wee bit wrong mm-hmm no zero room in the TARDIS. Because it got ejected and it was like, oh no, I have to make a zero coffin. <laughs> and it doesn't go quite well. Um, but back with David Tennant. Um, he, la- he Well, not lands, crash lands the TARDIS yeah. in the estate. And I, I, I'll always remember just the image of the way he like, pops his head out the door and he's kind of like hanging on to the door frame. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he conks out and... He's taken up to Betty Buys and loves lovely stripy pajamas. Um, but the whole kind of thing behind this story is 
the doctors conked out and surprise surprise some SH1Ts going down in London yeah, like spinning trees and stuff and then whenever Rose leans forward he goes help me and then he just sits up and then he just kind of goes with a sonic screwdriver and then the okay. tree explodes and then he just goes back to sleep and again the Slovene are in it yeah it's just like go away Slovene go and have a life leave the poor man alone he's trying to get some sleep Yep, and then he goes like, uh, I like oranges, you know, he keeps, keeps finding up, uh, fruit in the guy's dressing gown. Goes like, oh, well, he liked fruit, which obviously came in handy later on. Banana. No, not banana. But I just say banana because yeah. of Donkey Kong, man. Okay. I even like bananas. <laughs> right out. But what's happening in this episode is, um, or what starts to happen is that people start acting doolally and it's because they have a certain blood type Yeah. and what happens is they're all like standing on like cliff edges and tops of buildings mm-hmm. and that sort of thing um, and we see that in this episode because obviously we spoke about her earlier, Harriet Jones is now Prime Minister of Do you think she looks tired? Yes <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a wee moment um, but what happens is the doctor kind of finally wakes up and it's that there's a Sycorax ship above London causing all this to happen they is it teleport up is it, no they go in the TARDIS they go in the TARDIS um, and one of the it's like the Sycorax leader has like a electric kind of exterminating whip yeah and it kind of kills the person obviously um, bye bye and the Doctor challenges the Sycorax leader for ownership of the planet. And they have, obviously, their sword duel. And the Doctor's hand gets chopped off. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, somebody finds that hand and puts it in a little case. Shh! Don't tell nobody who it is. We will talk about that some another day. <laughs> they had a hand in that. <laughs> and then that's whenever um, he, do- the Doctor walks off... Because apparently he's still within the first couple of hours of his regeneration, so... Yeah. So then he walks off near Sigrax guy, goes to hit him with the sword, and he throws... Bye-bye. Throws a Satsuma or whatever at the button, and then he falls and goes like, no second chances, I'm that kind of a man. Because obviously... He's still, well, he's still a wee bit of finger. Yeah, because you could see his face is very stone, whereas, you know, like later on in the series... Like, like that. In your poster. Even more so, like frying that's, and that's stuff. That's more just, I'm looking a wee bit serious right now. Yeah, and then obviously we see him trying on the um, outfits, and you see him with a certain scarf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And scarf. then uh, his outfit is probably my favourite Doctor outfit. Because this is, what is it, this is only like, was it the second or third time that you see the Doctor physically picking out his outfit? Because obviously with uh, with... Tom Baker, we saw him nip in and out of the TARDIS. Yeah, Davison, you saw him in the cricket room. Yeah, but, saw Davison, but his outfit was all just on a hanger sitting in the... Yeah, you saw McCoy t- trying so many of them on yeah, in time and around. Tom Baker and all that kind of physically started seeing him mm. flicking through the clothes. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was reinvented for the new series with Tennant looking through and picking out his outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, as you said... Doesn't she look tired? Yeah. Is what happens is that uh, 
Sekarax are ordered to leave by the doctor. They go to leave. And, and Torchwood. And Jones rings through to Torchwood. Mm. Naughty, at naughty. Plays a gun. Finally, does. Um, at the Sekarax ship, and it goes exploding, boom, boom. Um, and the doctor gets extremely angry, and that you know he's like they were leaving. You know they hadn't, they aren't, they weren't going to do anything. And you killed them, and he and he was basically like typical humans, and that's when he responds to like her advisor, yeah, saying, "Doesn't she look tired?" But of course, in this, there's the name drop of a certain Saxon. Yeah, because he said he says, Mr. "I can Sa- I can make your I can make your reign come to an end with six words." Like you don't have that power, and that's whenever he says, "Don't you think she looks tired?" Yeah, but then you see, I didn't notice Saxon things as much in this, but I noticed it more on the third series with Martha Jones. Miss Martha Jones. Yeah, so what's the next episode, sir? So yes, our first episode <laughs> is, uh, as I nearly wreck my laptop, is New Earth. Okay. Which is David Tennant's first episode with... Rose, because obviously in Christmas Invasion, Rose was a bit hesitant at the beginning mm-hmm. with because obviously she didn't know she's always like somebody else, yeah. But this is kind of you see in this episode that the trust's there again, and she realizes yes, it's the same guy, different face and all, but it's okay mm-hmm. uh, because New Earth is as Tennant says in like new 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 Earth really or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's like 10 New Earths or something. It's like many, 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 many. It's like 5 billion or something years in the future. Oh, um, But like, oh no. But this is where we see the return of Cassandra. The one thing that makes me laugh about this episode is obviously Rose is wearing a shirt that kind of reveals a little bit of cleavage. It was a pretty good episode. And so... <laughs> You know, Cassandra kind of possesses her, and then she's dressing, you know, like a very, like, oh, yes, it's body, oh, like, and she's just really happy with it, and obviously she's flirting with the doctor, and go like, oh, yes, doctor, and then she's going from the doctor to Rose whenever they're trying to escape, go, Cassandra, get out of her, and, and all this she here. She goes into the doctor. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, but it's in this, we have the Sisters of Plentitude. Oh, all right. Which are like housing all sisters these, or something or other. Which are housing all like these sick people in the back of the hospital, so they have cures for the people. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, this is where obviously we completely missed this individual. Our apologies in our Eccleston discussion, but this is the second appearance of the face of Bo. Yes. Um, because the face of Bo is sick, um, and basically we're here in this episode. Bo speaks to Tennant. Um, and says that you know we will meet one more time, mm-hmm. Doctor, and or Time Lord. He says or some one of those two. Um, but basically, the whole story behind this is Cassandra meddling about trying to kidnap Rose's body for her own because she's sick and tired of being a piece of skin. <laughs> um, so. Uh, what happens in this is that Cassandra gets sh- ends up getting shown like her past because and this is where for the bring like the gifts and he says like I bring you air from my lungs. No, that's goes, the Eccleston episode. Oh, 
Well done there. Well, it was an episode with well, the Cassandra. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like you, you said, you weren't an Eccleston person. Yeah. You didn't watch it from the beginning. Um, but this is the one where, like, Cassandra has, like, a wee, like, clone assistant person. Yeah. And then he gets... And she ends up in his body. But his body won't last long. Yeah. So the doctor takes her back to show her her old life. And, she's, and she compliments herself on how well she looks. Mm-hmm. So that her, you know, her old, well... Her younger self, but you know, getting on in age <laughs> in human form, is you know, kind of feels good about herself and all. So it might rewrite time and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but obviously, uh, Chip dies and is comforted, and then the Doctor and Rose finally leave in the TARDIS for the trip to Scotland. Oh, hey. Goes across the burns and dales. Pina murder. Tooth and claw. This is one that's on all the time. On it's on all the time. It's a great episode, but it's one that's been overplayed so much. Um, one is not amused with that. <laughs> yes, you could like cover yourself naked, child, because Rose is <laughs> wearing like little dungarees that just come. And then Tennant is actually talking in his normal voice. Which is awesome, actually. Yeah, and then... Um, They're chasing this wee burn across Dale and... <laughs> I, 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 I was out in the boot, and he's just like, no, no, no. D- <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, which he says a couple yeah, of times. What but was it? Uh, she says, oh, I'm quite used to it. I have many daughters myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is just to do with um, uh, the werewolf thing. Basically, this clan are wanting to... I always thought the clan, you know, like, with them being bright, in the bright red suits, the totally bald head, to me, it always looked like a BBC indent thing. You're going to see them flopping around, beating up people. It was used as a BBC indent. Was it? There was actually a BBC indent that was remarkably very close. I don't think it was the footage from Dr. Who, uh-huh. but it was the same kind of thing, because there was guys in, like, red things and had, like, the sticks and all that sort uh-huh. of stuff. Um, but what it basically is, is, like, it's this group of fathers... So they are that, that, that clan, mm-hmm. and what they want to do is, they have like, it's a guy who turns into a werewolf. Obviously, yeah. um, they want to infect the royal bloodline, mm-hmm. so they become werewolves and all this like freaky deaky stuff. Because in this one, isn't this the one where for he? I'm trying to, I don't know if it is. No, it's not. I'm trying to think, isn't this one we're sitting... R- no, I'm, no, I'm thinking of the Agatha Christie one. Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, isn't this the one where he's eating soup, but... Sugar, I've jumped too far ahead. <laughs> what have you missed? <laughs> what? We'll continue. <laughs> what have you missed? <laughs> um... <sighs> <laughs> See, wibbly-wobbly timey why me. Right, we'll carry on with this episode and then we'll go back. No, well, we'll carry on and then I'll put the audio in for the... you got to go forward to go back. I have to go forward to go back. Um, but basically the case of the Queen, well, her carriage and all that sort of stuff comes across Tennant and Rose on their way to Aberdeen. <laughs> so it was out in the boot. And the Doctor poses as James McCrimmon, <laughs> Dr. James McCrimmon with his psychic paper man. Uh, I don't know why we went straight from Scottish into a bit of There's been a murder. Been a murder. Never uttered in the actual show. Um, but they decide to spend the night at Torchwood Estate 
Mm-hmm, that rings a bell. Mm-hmm. And then they see the big massive telescope, which obviously proves fruitful to uh, get rid of the werewolf whenever, because um, she has like the diamond thing. And then once they put that in place of it, where the moon it is, up, yeah. it lights up, and then the werewolf comes in, and then obviously it's the man is going like, "Let me go, please, just just let me go." And then he goes. And then he goes, and that um, was that. And then they get knighted, and they go like, "You're banished." banished. Now get out. And then, yeah. So, um, but the whole point more of this episode was to set up Torchwood, because mm-hmm. um, obviously we had heard Torchwood mentioned in the Christmas special. Yeah. Um, pardon me. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Because the um, main owner of the estate, Sir Robert. He gets killed trying to defend the queen and all from the werewolf. Yes, that's right. So she says to his wife, uh, you know, she turns around and looks and says, "Hmm, Torchwood," and she says, "We will set up a, yeah, you know, we will set up this. Um, it shall defend uh, our realm against those beyond our planet or something like that." And that is basically the setting up of Torchwood, which will prove much happiness in. Later times, with the actual Torchwood series and other bits in Doctor, uh, very much like um, linking to Doctor Who in the way like Buffy and Angel link together. Yes. And our third episode <laughs> for uh, series two, two thousand and six, um, is School Reunion. First episode I ever watched. Oh, I was wondering when we'd get to this. I remember sitting in work, and this was obviously the time wherever Doctor Who was coming. Eat in the boot! <laughs> and uh, seeing pictures in the paper of it and all, and me just going, I don't know what this is or why, you know, like. I think I maybe. We look. I think I maybe watched an episode whenever I wasn't out in the boot. Um, and then thought, uh, the special effects in this are just awful. But then. Whenever I saw School Reunion, I saw that Anthony Head was in it, and I was a, I was a big Buffy fan and quite enjoyed you know him in Little Britain as well. So I thought I'll give it a go and see. Now, obviously, this is the first episode I've watched. Obviously, a lot of people who had watched it before know who the character Sarah Jane Smith yes. is, and I was just like, I have no idea what's going on here. And then I was like, I Oh. Oh, there's Erishman, Erishman there, who was in Ravita's Empirical Wyman, and I can't remember his proper name, but anyway. Um, so I enjoyed the episode, thoroughly enjoyed it, and then that's what had me hooked. So you don't forget your really first doctor. Noel Clark, yeah, because I follow him on Twitter. I'm Egypt. Um, so yeah, so this was my, the first episode I watched, and one that I like watching, and now, I like now more so than ever because obviously we know a lot more of older Who. Yeah, but then whenever I put it on the DVD, it's this one, and then my favourite one be after this one. Okay, but school reunion. This the doctor. Master. The doctor and Rose get called back to Earth by Mickey. Because there be something going on. It's not been a murder. Well, it could have been a murder, but we don't know. Murder with chips. Mmm, chippies. Um, but there's something going on in the local school. And the doctor comes back. Um, episode opens basically. Um, doctor walking into the classroom. Yeah. Going, Hello, class. You know, basically. Yeah. And of course, surprise, surprise. He's called Mister Smith. <laughs> John Smith, to be precise. Um. But 
we see the return of Sergian Smith. The Doctor is in the staff room, chatting away, and it's explained to the Doctor part of the weird stuff that's going on is the teacher he replaced won the lottery. Yeah. It's explained that she never played the lottery. It was posted through her letterbox. Yep. I know, what a woman! <laughs> and then Sergian walks in and... You know, walks up to him and starts asking him questions. Was like he says, like, "Hello, oh yes, I always think so." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and she says, and she kind of, you know, puts her kind of head forward, but like expecting him to introduce himself. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, J- Smith, it's John like, Smith, hmm? Smith." I used to have a friend called John Smith. He was a wonderful man. And then there's just like, a wee oh, smile yes. on his face. Yeah, um, I John Smith. And obviously, she asks him a few questions and. Uh, Blah blah blah, running out the pleasantries, and he just sits there and he's absolutely yeah, grinning. He's just like, oh well yes, done, Sarah indeed, Jane. Sarah Jane, you go, Sarah Jane. And then you see him like in the corridor, and the kids are going past him. He just has this big grin mm-hmm. on his face. But um, obviously, Rose is posing as a dinner lady in this. <laughs> uh, um, not a bad one. Not a bad one. Uh, just miss a spot of gravy there. Yeah, um, just, just, just missed that. There, you just yeah. missed that. Um, and she's basically he's going to like hit him <laughs> um, but of course then one of the other dinner ladies has the chip oil supposedly <laughs> chip oil spilt on her and it's okay uh, she's fine she's she, fine. Does, she does it all the time um, and it's like ah <laughs> um, but uh, they come back in the middle of the night with Sarah Jane mm-hmm. uh, well not with Sarah Jane but no, Sarah Jane same time as Sarah Jane the TARDIS the same time as Sarah Jane yeah. Sarah Jane's having a wee nosy around the school and opens a door and boom the TARDIS smacks her square up the face not literally but yeah li- it's just like taking a back it's like you know. oh no um, and then she turns around and I, this is the scene I absolutely love in this episode just every time I watch it back is just him standing there with his hands in his pockets mm-hmm. And he just goes, hello, Sarah Jane. Yeah. And she's like, it's you. And then they're just like, yay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, it's like, yay, she sees everybody. And then, oh, <laughs> what, is it, sh- what is it Mickey says? Um, the ex and the missus, a man's yeah. worst nightmare. Yeah, and then also we see the return of K-9 in this. Um, he sacrifices himself um, with the barrels and uh, shoots and them. And like, what? I'm the tin dog. <laughs> yeah, and then... They blew up, and um, Sarah, think, Sarah thinks that um, he's went away whenever they say goodbye, because you can't go through it all again, because I've had a discussion in the chip shop about, you know... Has asked her to come back Yeah, go like he never said goodbye, and and whenever she he goes to leave, he says, like, goodbye, you know, like, say goodbye, and he goes, like, no, no, please, go, like, goodbye, Sarah Jane, my Sarah Jane, and then whenever the TARDIS disappears, you see K-9, and he's all being restored, Genuine and everything, Andrew. yeah, <laughs> so that's another thing. Um, but another thing I like in this episode is basically Anthony Head. Yeah. Because I just love the exchange between Tennant and him around the swimming pool. Yes, indeed. Because yeah. Anthony Head's on one side of the pool and Tennant's on the other side of the Yeah, you've got your warning, that's it. You get one warning. Yeah, that's it. But it's just the evil that Anthony Head portrayed. It's just... He hardly... I don't think he blinks and takes or something like that. I think he explained that. I think it's the hair as well. It's like back hair. back hair. Yeah. Um, but just the way he... You know, says his lines and all across. Really, he's maybe they're maybe not the scariest Doctor Who villains, but he has to be the most kind of. He 
he sounds so cunning in what he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, like, absorb the best of the races they kind of conquer. Right, move on to the next one. No! Girl- about Anthony Head? <laughs> no! Okay, okay, the okay. girl in the fireplace. Oh, I wondered why you were trying to rush. This episode for me just shows a different side of the Doctor because it's not often you see the Doctor kind of fall for somebody. Obviously, he they're in like this... Well, you see later on that it's a ship called Madame de Pompadour, which is obviously... You've spoilt it on me now. <laughs> well, that's the name of the ship. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a fireplace. He's, um, he looks through the fireplace and sees like, a little girl called Renette and starts talking to her. What? <laughs> Rene, see me talking to Rene through the fireplace, and Rene says, Monsieur, and starts all talking in French because obviously she's French. Yeah, so the thing's been drowned, and um, you see, like, the, cl- the clockwork robot there, and uh, she is not yet complete, and uh, he goes back to speak to Rose and Mickey and sees um, Rene then. Um, again and she's obviously grown up a bit and filled out a bit more and um, kisses the doctor and the doctor goes like um, a servant comes in and goes like Matt of the pop or you know like yeah he goes like as, and then he, he says the name and he goes like the man of a fantastic gardener and then like spins around again and goes like <laughs> yeah um, so Obviously, then um, he try he tries to save her by going on a horse through like the glass, glass but and it's uh, serious of by doing that. There's no yeah, way he gets, for him. He, yeah, I guess he isn't able to go back. And then there's a lovely scene wherever those two are. Um, He's looking in her mind. No, they're they're having a drink, and she takes his hand, and obviously, you know, like if. A woman's taking her hand and they're going to the bedroom. They're going to um, <laughs> make sweet love by the fireplace. You see, see, see. But then there's a lovely shot where they walk into the bedroom and you see the bed and you think that's what's you know going to happen. But then you see them looking at the fireplace, wherever she says she's got restored brick by brick. And go like, oh, you need to get a man in. And then mm-hmm. someone likes it, and then he's able to go back. And then unfortunately, she passes away before he gets to come because she said he said, "Pick a star, we'll go there." Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, um, she passes away age. at a young age because so is it he meets her husband or something, isn't it? Yeah, she he gives him the note and says, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, and then he puts it away and he goes quite right to and reads it on the TARDIS and then Rose says, "Are you?" Yeah, are you okay? Yeah, I'm always okay. So, that for me, it's a nice story. Which you know, again like, is a Stephen Moffat episode. Yeah, and it's my favourite Stephen Moffat episode. Um, even though a lot of people say Blink is their favourite one, this for me, I don't know why I like this so much, but it's just maybe the fact that... And it actually you know, isn't because of the woman in it. No, well, she's... She's she, a good part of it. She's pretty fine, but it's just a lovely she story. She's Lady Penelope in Thunderbird. <laughs> Time to sunrise! Uh, right, so we'll move on to the next one. Next one is our first two-parter of series number two, uh, Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. 
Can I just say that I wasn't particularly a fan of this. There was one character that I liked whose name escapes me. It's your woman, the one who drives the van, he gets killed. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know who you mean. Um, the, what is this the one with the white hair you're talking about? Yes, uh-huh. It'll probably spring to me in a second. Mrs. something. <laughs> oh. Mrs. Moore. Is it? Yes. Mrs. Moore, and then she obviously tells him her real name, name and stuff. Yeah, but... Um, Obviously, Trigger from Only Fools and Horses in, in this episode. Um, but for me, it's just like, I've never really been a fan of the Cybermen. And to see the Cybermen, I love the way they walk and Delete. stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was just... It's one that I've watched so many times. Maybe that's why I don't enjoy it as much, because I've seen it so many times. But obviously they go to Powerwell Powerwell World Powerwell World Powerwell World Where Wolf's daddy He'd still be alive And he'd be saying Like throw the drinks Going oh, Trust me Trust me I don't know That's right And everyone uh, has to be Ear devices in their head And they just like stop And get their like Yeah and then it's like Joke up. and then you hear them Going ha <laughs> And then they get like The news downloaded and stuff And then See Jackie wearing them And then They're activated And you see them like Go up and across Like a Cyberman of old like that man of old and you see Rose and she be a little doggy woof woof and then uh, kid children yes um, and all that jazz but again Rose is again not learned her lesson from Father's Day in this and that she goes and it's like you know what, you're, have you not had a daughter and all that sort of stuff and tries to basically drop huge hints and say that she is their daughter who are you were to tell me how to run my life your stuff you know what yeah um, but of course, uh, in this we have the Cybermen attacking the Tyler residence um, and deleting the uh, Prime Minister. Um, or is it the President at this stage? I can't remember. President. president aye, because it's yeah. President of Great Britain because it's a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've also got the fact that. You've got Mickey, Mickey and Mickey. Mickey goes away um, to see if his. Grannies, yeah, still alive. And his granny was called Blossom and Eastenders. Another soap crossover. Wee-oo. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, he finds out she's alive. But what happens is he's standing out in the street, and he doesn't realise that there is, in fact, a proper one of him. Yeah. This parallel universe is called Ricky, mm-hmm. and uh, Ricky's cohorts see him standing in the street, talking to his grandma, and they're like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know because he's like one of Britain's most wanted and they chuck him in the back of the van and off to go to their hideout and then Ricky walks in and they're like oh my god it's two years and all that um, but uh, homeless people are getting pulled off the streets offered dinner and all that sort of yeah. stuff at the back of the trailer and then they're taken and obviously converted into partial Cybermen at this stage because they just have the earpieces in and they've been brainwashed they haven't cut the suits on them just yet um, what was the song that your man plays whenever like they're uh, creating some of them and he goes like turn left and you're walking on and it goes like play track 19 uh, the lion sleeps tonight yeah in the jungle yeah. in the jungle the mighty yeah. jungle the lion sleeps tonight yeah. <laughs> the lion sleeps tonight and all that sort of stuff um, very musical there Al. thank you um, hello OGM um but the whole point behind this episode is that uh, John Lumick is, again, Trigger, 
Um, he's kind of disabled, and he wants to eventually be able to walk again, and you know, not need to be around a wheelchair and be connected up to wires and stuff. Um, so he wants Cybermen to be like legally authorized by the president of the UK, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't allow it. So that's when the Cybermen attack. And of course, then uh, I see a lot more in the second episode of this that uh, they're trying to Mickey's well, not Mickey Ricky's group yeah infiltrate the factory and disable it. And Mrs. Moore gets killed, and then the Doctor is able to like crack open one of the Cybermen. He sees that it's part flesh. Yeah, because like, why am I so cold? He can't see me. Um, she's getting oh, married. She is yeah, motion inhibitor. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And dead. Uh, um, but of course, the Cybermen start thinking for themselves and say to Lumic, you will be upgraded. Yeah. So Lumic's carted off and put into, again, a wee bit like what we were saying earlier, kind of like a Supreme Dalek, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, with like a Supreme... Cyberman, yeah. As you can see, his brain at the top of his head. I'd be like, ooh, uh, that'd be a wee bit nasty. Mm. Um, it's, even though this was a two-parter, I just thought it kind I personally of. Personally, think it could have been a one-parter. Yeah, I think it dragged on a bit too much, you know. But anyway, and we're done with that two-parter. Well, close enough. Basically, Mick <laughs> tries to, as a Cyberman, you know, kill the monsters from the night, shoot off in the Zeppelin. Yeah, because Mickey has the code and he kind of saves the day, and he puts it into the doc- like the mobile phone the doctor has, and the yeah. doctor slams it into the. Yeah, and then you see them all, all the Cybermen like going nuts, yeah, and then kind of looking at themselves. Going, oh, yeah, exactly. And then Mick drops to his death from hanging from the ladder. Yeah, because he's trying to get Rose. But this is where we say goodbye to Mickey, mm-hmm. because Ricky obviously gets killed. Yeah. And he doesn't want his granny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be without someone, so mm-hmm. he kind of sees it as the best of two worlds in that he gets to spend time with his granny that he never did, and that she doesn't have to lose a grandson. Yeah. So he stays, and so he kind of stays with the group as well, and that's kind of where you see the end of this episode occur. Mm-hmm. Then, but we shall see more of Mickey in the future. Um, Idiot's Lantern is next uh, episode by Mark Gatiss it's a very strange episode so it was with obviously people's faces being sucked off because they're saying Idiot's Lantern really is TV yeah. um, and if they're watching it obviously there's the Queen's Coronation so they're going to have loads of people excuse me watching that you know like it's very much like uh, the moon landing you're going to have so many people crowd around one TV because mm. TV's yeah. much popular then as they were you know, now. Um, obviously, we see David Tennant uh, supporting him. A great um, slick back hairstyle, you know. And there's a great line wherever the father of the main household, wherever the grand's face be taken off, and she's upstairs. Um, Sarah's like, I'm talking. You hear the doctor go, I'm not listening. <laughs> um, but this, this is a good episode, but. Um, for me, I always remember the the start of it, you know, like, and then Rose gets her face yeah. um, captured and stuff. Because the whole thing, very... by the wire, is that everybody's watching TV for yeah. the coronation, and so she will feast off their faces, Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but I don't really remember the end of it 
that much. Um, the, the end of it's basically where I know the end end up, of it is. Up the, yeah, he's up that there. Yeah, and then he puts it in a portable device, and then um, the wee fellas. Yeah, the wee fellas' dad goes and they're kind of saying he's your father. You only get one of them. Obviously, Rose's parents that, mm-hmm. um, and so he goes off with them and carries his suitcase and all that kind of stuff. And that's effectively that episode. Mm. It's it's again. It was one of the weak ones. I would have thought. Yeah. In terms of it, because I thought it would have been far more interesting if what is stated at the beginning of this episode actually had happened because the plan was that for the Doctor to take Rose to go see Elvis in New York City. Yeah. I think a story around Elvis would have been a wee bit more interesting. I know it's kind of... Mark Gatiss always loves... It's like World War Two or kind of that sort of era yeah. of things because obviously we have Victory of the Daleks later with um, Matt Smith. Um, but this is in the 50s, so it's not too far off World War Two. He likes doing really kind of period uh, mm-hmm. shows um, but it's not one of his best ones I think his better one comes in the next series uh, in Tenants ones which is the Lazarus Project it's a wee bit better than this I would consider it's still not I would say, this, lot is amazing, better. But I would say this is better than that no fairness but that's for sure anyway uh, <laughs> this is another two-parter for series two and one that you're not too much of a fan of which is the impossible planet and the Satan pit oh. which is where the Ood make their first appearance uh, but I've never liked this episode at all just the fact that you know the guy has all these again scribbles all over him and <laughs> the guy, the main guy the main like the captain always reminds me of Danny John Jules who plays the cat in Red yeah. Dwarf Really I always cool. keep thinking it's him. I think it would be better if it was him, in all fairness. It would have been, yeah. Um, but obviously the Ood, you see the red eye and the Ood and all that kind of stuff. Sanctuary base. Yeah, and then, space expeditions. And then they go, <laughs> they go down to Satan's pit. And That's basically skipping pretty much the entire first episode. I, I really cannot be bothered talking about these two. In my opinion, again, this could have been condensed down into about one episode. Because mm. there is so much messing about in the first episode that it's unreal. Um, I'm sure the the Satan um, give kids nightmares. Yeah, that was actually that was again you know pretty decent when it comes to uh, using their budget. Yeah, because that was a pretty crazy uh, villain, so to say. Can we please not talk about this and move on to the next one? Well, I'll have to round this off. <laughs> Just say, uh, the Doctor gets to vases and smashes him, and then he's able to go back, and all is right with the world once again. Okay, and then they try to escape on the ship, and they can't, and then the TARDIS helps him, mm. all that sort of stuff. Okay. <laughs> tut tut, Chris. Well, nobody voted that as... Well, actually, let me Someone check. did. I someone think someone did. did. You're going to anger them, Christopher. Carry on, and I'll um, see who it was who did this. Okie dokie. Our. Uh, I think this is our worst episode for the series. Loving Monsters. Oh, I absorb a lot. With Peter K from Bolton! Vernon <laughs> uh, uh, K. Um, this really was. Um, I don't think anyone did choose that. I think you're telling fibbies. Oh no, Mike Lacey, um, his personal favourites are that there, if I looked on the front page. Uh, but he wrote quite a few. 
And he actually said the gun fireplace was one of his favourites. Okay. So that's okay, Mike. You're okay in Chris's book. Yeah, all right. Um, Love and Monsters, which is your companion <sighs> light. And then we have the guy who is called Mr... Oh, I'm terrible with names. Mr. Mister? No. Oh. Who you mean? Which character? The guy and Linda. The main guy. The older one. Oh. Mr. Skinner? Yeah, Mr. Skinner. He's the voice of uh, the Meerkat and compare the Meerkat adverts. Simon Greenwall? Greenall, even, sorry. What? Simon Greenall? Yeah, I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. He's in Alan Partridge. I thought you were about to... Well, you got I chocolate you in your face. You are saying pet again? No, he wasn't. Because no. <laughs> everything seems to revolve around those. Yeah, this is... A, this is, it's a compa- this is a horrible, horrible episode. This is where Peter Kay stars as the ob- Absorbaloff. And then um, it says, like, no, no, I don't, I don't taste, I don't taste, I don't touch anyone. I have terrible eczema. He goes, like, eczema. No, this is worse. And uh, that was about the funniest thing he said. But this is an episode like Blink, where you see very little of the doctor. But Blink can kind of get away with it. Well, no, this, well this, this is, it's a very, yeah, it's a very companion-like, doctor-like episode. Um, a wee bit more of the doctor in this than you would say Blink. But um, this episode was let down because what do you expect? Yes, Doctor Who is a kid's program, but when you let a five-year-old or whatever-year-old child design a Doctor Who body, it's going to be green, it's going to be weird, it's going to be absolutely up the left, and just so happens to absorb people. Um, it's, it was a bit of a letdown, like... Um, but uh, long story short, Absorb Love, uh absorbs everybody surprisingly, and then because it came broken, and then he kind of just falls down. That's what happens. Great. That your main yeah. character in the episode, uh, his squeeze turns into like a uh, cement tile, and uh, supposedly they make their relationship work this way somehow. And I'm like, not so sure about that. <laughs> Freak. Moving on, please. One of the episodes I don't like. This is this Chloe Webber? It's nothing to do with it being like bad writing or anything. Is this Fear Her? Is the monster slash villain in this? It is indeed Fear Her, which is set around the 2012 Olympics. Okay, basically what happens is there's this like little. Chris always annoys me with stuff from this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Basically, what happens is there um, Chloe Webber is some. Uh, young girl who normally was out and about playing with her friends. Um, there's this old dear. <laughs> this is going to be the Chris Vint synopsis. Uh, this old dear uh, who kind of goes like, "Get them inside! Get them inside!" And one by one, they keep disappearing because Chloe is drawing them, and the drawings like come to life because you see one of them. It's like drawn to life with SpongeBob's squarepants, when it's not. And uh, so she draws him, and one of them says, so she draws him a cat, and says, like, you've got friends, you're okay, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that she's actually being possessed by a little alien thing, and like a little tiny ship that um, they normally travel in millions and millions. And this yeah, one got... family. Yeah, this one got stranded, and it almost looked like a little flower that Chloe inhaled, so this is kind of possessing her. Um, so then the doctor and Rose come around to try and help and uh, 
Doctor gets drawn and you see him with like a torch and roses, you know, basically town rose. The Olympic torch has come past here. If you throw it in that, there's so much hope and love and everything that everything will be fine. That's what happens. Chloe's dad is in her closet and comes down. Her and her mom are singing and everything works out okay and everyone's out playing and all is here. So that's enough about Fear Her because Alan doesn't like it. I'm not talking about episode anymore because Chloe Webber draws things. So basically, this is like Rolf Harris wrote Doctor Who. I'm scared. <laughs> now it's time to move on to our finale for series okay. two. This has roughly been a minute longer than uh, Eccleston thus far on the same thing. Well, we kind of knew this would happen, but yeah, exactly. Um, Army of Ghosts slash. Doomsday is your season two, season two, there I'm going all American, series two in the UK. We have finale. two EastEnders crossovers here. We have one who is the main Torchwood woman. Yes. Um, who have lovely tatas. <laughs> He's just obsessed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I make a rap boob myself. Um, but she was obviously an EastEnders. Christiane Oberman, who is Yvonne Hartman in this. Yes, and then the other guy who is down working with the Sphere. Yes, uh, who works Raji with Mickey. James. Yep, he played. Um, Singh. He played some dude in EastEnders as well. So there's more EastEnders crossover. And then, obviously, this is when we ever get to see the lovely Martha Jones. Who is the Martha Jones? Because she, she hasn't evolved. Adula or should I? <laughs> it says here. Abrangata was Martha Jones. Free Marchman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look yeah. forward to next series. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, this is obviously wherever, um, again, we see the Cyberman and all this here, and then we see the Daleks coming out of the sphere. Everybody's, like, well, Russell T. Davis's absolute fantasy is happening right now in this episode. It's like DC versus Mortal Kombat, yeah. Marvel versus Capcom, Dalek versus Cyberman, Cyberman versus Dalek. I just did Who it the opposite way to side. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what basically happens is uh, the Doctor and Rose land in London, England. Um, <laughs> I'm the Queen Mother. Oops. <laughs> and uh, Hey, we'll be in London, England soon. We will. There better not be any Cybermen and Daleks. I'll be going... We're going to the Doctor Who experience. Of course, there's going to be Cybermen and Daleks. Oh, no! We're going to die. Exterminate, we are going to die. Uh, Save us, Peter Davison! But the Doctor and Rose land in London, and they go back to her mum, and her mum's, like, saying, oh, like, what is it? Is it yeah, our ear grand is here. They're going to visit in a minute, and it's called uh-huh. the Shift. Um, what the Doctor does is he parks the TARDIS in, like, the middle of, like, a park. Mm-hmm. And this is where you kind of see the wee joke of uh, Rose goes, "Who you gonna call?" You know, they start doing Ghostbusters, <laughs> Doctor, and you just see him come out from below, like the console area in the TARDIS, with like yeah. a wee fake like proton pack sort of <laughs> thing on. Um, and he analyzes it and it realizes that they're not ghosts; it's something else. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, that's that. Uh, is picked up by Torchwood, and then of course, uh, what is it? Is the do- the Doctor tries to take off in the TARDIS, isn't it? And then it's something to do with Torchwood makes it land in Torchwood, or no? Sorry, he homes in on the signal that's tracking them, yeah. And they land in Torchwood, and then they open the doors, and then 
you just see her stand there with her sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. Like you're wearing sunglasses inside. Ve- the way she looks and the way her hair is, very River Song. Yeah. Oh, Especially with the glasses. Conspiracy theories. Maybe that's who that is. Nah, doubt it. Um, but they arrive in Torchwood, and she explains off. You know, we, oh yes, we know of you. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, we were set up back by Queen Victoria as a result of you yeah. to you know obviously watch alien alien movement and stuff in the world and England and all that sort of stuff um, and declares that he's an enemy of the state so Hardis <laughs> is now theirs he's like Will Smith enemy of the state with Gene Hackman so the en- uh, the enemy of the, <laughs> the TARDIS the enemy of the state <laughs> the TARDIS is now theirs and yeah. he is in their custody basically um but what happens here is, at the same time, I forgot to say this was, uh, Jackie was on the TARDIS because she was yeah. like, "I'm not going anywhere," and then he's and he's like, "Okay," and takes off. Um, yeah, because leaves Rose in the TARDIS. Jackie as Rose. Yeah, and goes like, "Oh, you like um, taking the older ones." ones. Yeah, you know, I thought you liked the young ones. Um, so Rose remains in the TARDIS, uh, but then she eventually sneaks off and ends up in the room with uh, your man the character's Rajesh yeah, um, and Mickey with the void ship and it'd be like I can't get in it's like it's not it registers as nothing yeah um, and then of course it opens and you just see Mickey appear mm. in the room and he just kind of like winks at Rose and she's like yay and uh, then of course Daleks appear out of the void so to say, um, the cult of Scarrow. With Dalek can be in it, it'd be like, hello. <laughs> be like, I'm going to exterminate you. Um, is that, that's where the episode ends? Yeah, that's where the episode ends, the first episode. Yeah. It's because they'd be like, oh no, we're going to die. Um, and then the second episode kicks off, which is called Doomsday, which is doesn't fill you with great hope, does it? No. You also forgot to say that at the very start of the episode, this is where Rose says, um, my name is Rose Tyler, and this is the story of how I died. Dumplings, yes. Yeah. Because this is obviously based around the fact that this is Rose's last episode with the Doctor. Oh. So then, uh, in the second episode, you see that um, the Daleks are obviously talking and saying, you know, which are you are not important to go like, we're all important and then um Raj or whatever his name is um gets his face sucked off by like a Dalek and then he dies. Yeah. Like, oh, no. And then he dies and then that's that. Um so then the doctor's saying you need to shut off this here because this is what's happening and then demonstrates with the glass and then the glass shatters. And fracture and it bleeds and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, you see like uh Everyone get made into Dalek or Dalek Cybermen, even. Um, but then, obviously, we have isn't it Jamie, the one from the parallel universe with? Yes, with yeah, 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 yeah. With Rose's dad, and they come over, and then they have like a green switch thing that uses them to teleport. Yeah. Um. So they have Rose and the Doctor because uh, you have. You've, basically, they all have that transportation things, and what is it? At some point, what is it? Is Rose's dad? It shows you them jumping back to their parallel universe, and it's kind of like 
dead and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, it's just like, you know, like it's very vibrant in the place that they were and then it was all like all these things hanging and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they <laughs> eventually they get back to where they were. Um, they need to switch off the thing and suck the Daleks and Cybermen into the void because there's so many But the whole, Daleks. the whole thing as well that's going on at the same time you, know, you have the Cybermen converting people because this is where Freemagiman and all gets they're kind of the first ones to get transformed into hidden Cybermen yeah. and the fact that her and the guy that she's been flirting with she's got transformed first and then she's like mm-hmm. you know coffee and blah 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 yeah and they sneak off and he's like you know what's going on and then walks in and it's like ah and then you know they get the wee devices mm-hmm. in their ears um but that's going on the conversions are going on but also then you have the cult of scarrow that's came out of the void who have the uh what we turn what we find out is time lord technology and yeah it's just like a million bajillion Daleks, Daleks inside yeah. the ark be a uh, Indiana Jones reference there um, but they're like firing their way through Torchwood and wanting to get out because they need was it they need like an area of so many miles for the Ark to be open and then hmm. let all the Daleks out um, so then you have the Daleks and the Cybermen going at it and to be totally honest the Cybermen get their arses handed them in this because <laughs> yeah. it's just like zap dead. Zap dead. Because one Dalek just basically takes out two Cybermen in one go. Um, but of course, at the same time, you see uh, Yvonne Hartman get converted mm-hmm. into Cyberman, Cyberwoman even. Um, lovely. I did my job for Queen and Country and mm-hmm. did my duty for Queen and Country and off she goes. But basically, um, the need to figure out how to solve it. So, they want to uh, Suck everything back into. They use those things that Torch would have, the big, like, clamp thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what's the bio dampers or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, that allow you to lift anything of, like, any weight, which would be epic. Um, so anything that has been in the void will get sucked back in mm-hmm. when it's opened. But that also means the Doctor, Rose, Pete, all the Pete, because they've been in the parallel universe. Yeah. So it will cause them to get sucked in as well. So, this is what we see is the Daleks, the Cybermen, and all are sucked back into the void. But at the same time, when they've been trying to open the the rift into the void, um, Rose is getting pulled in, the Doctor is trying to hang on, then he can't hold on. Yeah, there's on. like the switch eating, she needs to get uh-huh. the switch to pull back. And then uh, she eventually loses her grip and see her going slowly uh-huh. down and then daddy and comes to the rescue and then daddy comes in looks at the doctor hits the buzzer and off she goes the thing. yeah and then there's a very poignant scene where once it's actually been closed off the doctor goes up to the wall and, and you can, yeah, kind, and both you can kind of see them on both sides and but one other, uh, another thing before we jump to of course the final scene in this mm-hmm. uh, another part in these uh, episodes that I loved was the fact of um when Pete had came over into Rose's universe yeah, and, and Jack, Jack is there yeah. and they're kind of looking at each other down the corridor mm-hmm. and he's like, you're not my Jackie and she's like, well you're not my Pete and then they're just like, oh basically what the hell and they're all, you know, yeah. yay they're reunited and Rose is like, aww so they emerge, well 
um, Rose is on Bad Wolf Bay after you know getting like kind of a message from the doctor, you know, to say to go to here. The doctor appears but can't stay long, you know, like it's like a projected image. I laugh always when it, at the start of this when uh, you know he first appears and they explain that it's in Norway and he's like, oh, you know, as in like, all oh, right, out of the way, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. And kind of basically those two, you know, um, he can't get her because of the parallel universe, all that jazz. And then they started crying and um, Rose tells the doctor that she loves him. And then goes like, Rose Tyler. And then the image fades and you see him in the TARDIS with the tears streaming down his face. And then obviously... In one of the episodes later on, we will discuss what happened there. Um, but obviously, he's pretty torn up about this here, you know, like losing Rose. Because, because obviously he considers her the person that brought him back to what he was. And mm-hmm. that he was a very angry person yeah. when he first met her. And that she transformed him mm-hmm. back to the good doctor, so to say. Um, but of course, uh, the doctor is standing there with tears dripping down his face and a certain bride then appears across the TARDIS okay uh, this is approaching the one hour mark shall so we go to a break, we'll a break <laughs> and then we'll talk about the next series and that'll be the end of this episode I think <laughs> I think you're right well we hope that you've enjoyed uh, series, two. series 2 of David Tennant it'd be a marathon 60 minutes we'd be 60 minutes Iron Man like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels yeah! No falls yet. <laughs> no falls. It'd be going into extra time. I'm trying to make this go to the 60 minutes because it'd be 59.30. So, Alan, you enjoyed Series 2, yes? Yes, it is a very good start. So I'm going to have to cut you off there, Alan. Okay, see you after the break. Bye bye. Hey, guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box. And you're with Chris Vint and Alan Price. And this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince on Operation Retroshock. Thunder, 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 Thundercat. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retroshock with crazy cool Chris Vint and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Get me, Kalash! 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 Kalash!
Right, so there was like a couple of minutes just breaking it up, you know, uh, just playing like Except some, I'm sure you's needed. <laughs> some lovely music so you can go, uh, go to the bathroom or go get a cup of tea or rewind and listen to it all over again. Yeah. Right, so we move on to series three. No, we don't because we have the Runaway Bride to talk about, first of all, which was a special in 2006, a Christmas special, which lasted approximately 60 minutes. So very much like our last segment <laughs> there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, um, obviously. I'm so embarrassed for going so long. <laughs> yeah, obviously with, uh, Doctor Who, so many Christmas specials, uh, obviously a Christmas special would need to air on Christmas Day. So, Runaway really? Bride, yeah, Runaway Bride saw the arrival of one Donna Noble. Uh, very absent, very, you know, obviously we had, um, her mother and her father, um, in this episode. Unfortunately, the man who portrayed her father sadly passed away, hence why Bernard Cribbins then came into it in series four. Um, which, of course, I love Bernard Cribbins, so, yay. So, Runaway Bride, again, we see, um, them out and about because, uh, because Donna has mysteriously teleported from, uh, getting married and walking down the aisle to the TARDIS. 
Um, turns out that her husband, in inverted commas, <gasps> Lance, has spiked her drink. Another EastEnders person, if I think. <laughs> yes, you think correctly. Um, God, they love their EastEnders people, the BBC, don't they? That's Andy, it's BBC. Yeah, so um, then we see, um, obviously, these characters, not really Autons, but they're like more... Santas. Yeah, the Santas. Um, and then obviously they've got like robot. They're like robots and everything. That's okay. You just knock over my Lego <laughs> clock. You complete fool. Apologies. Carry yes, on. I've only had it a couple of days, and it's probably ruined already. It's okay. Look, I had pop his light on. <laughs> his feet moved as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yes, it's nine twenty-five. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah. So. Um, then obviously um, he puts a ring on her finger. It goes like, um, it goes like with Put this a ring. ring on it. With <laughs> this ring, I the bio damp, uh, which means that um, they can't track her. Um, and then what's the name of the character? The big spider person thing. Okay. So anyway, the big spider thing um, goes and let's see if I can find it here. Um, well, Alan's Faffing about Rachnos, there we go. So the Rachnos is one um, who then goes like a funny little doctor, and just her speech just uh, speech just irritates me. So this is where we see Donna, and then um, obviously once everything's been set right, um, the doctor says, "I will give you passage to like another uninhabited inha- world where you and your." species can live in peace, you know, and she declines this. He has, like, um, these magical flying balls that were from the Christmas tree, which he controls, and Don actually says, Doctor, Doctor, that's enough, while he's getting soaked, and... um, That one's for the ladies. And Donna kind of, very much like Rose, you know, kind of stops him going too far, and um, there, so... It takes him back and says, uh, are you coming in for dinner? And he goes like, yes, I just need to pop in the TARDIS. And you hear the TARDIS going, Doctor, because blimey, you can shout. But that is in the left hand that we see Donna. But anyway, we're going to move on quickly to Series 3, which was from 2007. He's a lot, this better, he's series, a lot better summing up than me, isn't he, ladies and gentlemen? This series right. introduces Martha Jones and deals with the face of Bo's final message. The mysterious Miss Saxon and the Doctor dealing with the loss of Rose Tyler. Uh, so the first episode is called Smith and Jones. Mm-hmm. Now this isn't to do with Griff Reese Jones and or anything like that. It's to do with Martha Jones, who's in a, the uh, who is a doctor or pretend or practicing to be a doctor. And whenever she actually goes round the beds, you know, for rounds, <laughs> stop doing that with your hand on. <laughs> so whenever you go round with her, um, the doctor, you know, for the rounds. Um, the doctor is in bed, and what can you diagnose about him? Miss Jones gets the stethoscope and goes, he has two hearts. Oh, very funny, you know, that kind of thing. Um, where you see him, like, sitting there and winking, and that kind of thing. Where First of all, mm-hmm? the episode opens with her walking down the street, and she's on her phone. Oh, yes, and then oh. he gives her the tie. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, this is isn't it the Jadoon. Yes, the Jadoon. Yeah. So there's... There you uh, go. Uh, yeah. My hole. My hole. So obviously they're going around and there's this bad woman or person who keeps stuck.
look at the brains out of everyone, like Thibia Vampire, but it's she's not. She's really odd. Yeah, she's like, really that's odd. Oh, I'm gonna stick in your neck and suck yeah. out your blood. So she does that to the doctor. Obviously, the doctor, he'd be okay. Um, and eventually. eventually, yes. Um, because then obviously, he is an alien life, and they're saying, you know, human, and then X in their hands, and all that kind of jazz. And then once they get to her, because she's absorbed him, absorbed him, she uh, be in trouble with the Judoon. And then the Judoon, obviously, fly away. and Like, fly, fly. Yeah, but before that, the Doctor has to do something, because she's done something with, like, the scanner. Yeah. And he has to do something with the radiation and take off his shoe and actually kick all the radiation yes. in the shoe, which is kind of strange. So he's running around barefoot, very much like Bruce Willis. <laughs> but he'd be wearing more clothes up top, thankfully. Um, but, so Ma- uh, but Martha Jones do a very nice job in this episode. So obviously the air starts depleting. Uh, once the you find that, you know... Uh, the, uh, you hear the doctor saying, "Come on, Jude, reverse it," and they do. And the hospital lands back on Earth, where people are going like, "Oh, that'd be crazy!" You were up <laughs> like moon and all that jazz, and go like, "Oh no, like saving the world and all that kind of stuff." <laughs> um, but this is a good introductory, and this is where the first time that the doctor appears in the alley after their parents and stuff have a fight, and then there's a poster in the background that says, "Vote Saxon." Which is the first time I went, ooh, after watching it, you know. That's one thing about Doctor Who is that there's so many... They Obviously, they think ahead. You know, you can't just write one story and then just leave it. You have to think ahead. So then if you watch, like, this, the, all the series, like, on terrestrial TV, and then you go back and you see things that, like that. That is what I know, love about it. You know, things like that. So that was the first episode where we see the introduction of Martha Jones... Then we move on to the Shakespeare Code. Which, which is actually a pretty nifty way episode. Yeah, it was actually on t- uh, yesterday, I think it was, yes. Um, and a very good episode um, featuring William Shakespeare. Um, obviously, there's like these uh, carrier knights, that's what they are. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're trying to kind of take over the world by the words of William Shakespeare using like voodoo dolls kind of stuff wherever you know like, it's very creepy whenever he, he one of the carrier knights has the, the attractive looking one because the other two look like someone from Terrorhawks <laughs> um, they have like a puppet kind of thing and then yeah. you see him like sitting up and then like writing but his eyes just freaks me out just the way he actually does that yeah because this episode is actually based on a, a lost play by William Shakespeare yeah. there's said there was said to be a story Love's Labour Love, Love's Labour 1 yeah which for some odd reason people say he wrote it never published it or it was lost or something like that uh-huh. um, but I actually have to say this episode is pretty awesome with because I actually love the actor who plays Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually in Mike D- Bassett's England manager. It was, yeah. Dean, yeah. Dean Lennox Kelly, if I remember correctly. Um, I've got him in pocket, boss. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> he portrays Shakespeare completely different to what you expect Shakespeare to be. Yeah. Because you expect Shakespeare to be this pompous, kind of, you know, really well-spoken mm-hmm. Englishman, whereas he just seems like a, you know, regular guy. Yeah, I just like. Um, I also like the fact that um, you see more of the bonding 
with Martha and the yeah. doctor, you know, like there's the scene where the doctor's on the bed and goes like, "Well, are you coming? You know, like are you coming in or what?" Well, she's interested, and then she gets on the bed and you know she's kind of talking about, you know, them. Where he's saying there's something hitting me in the face and I can't see it. And, and she, she thinks he kind of like turns around and looks at her and you can see him, her looking at him as if to say, you know, like she was going to kiss him. And mm-hmm. then you hear like the scream. The pair of them get up, um, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a good episode. Obviously, this isn't the the last time that we some see somebody of such great stature. Because later on, we see a certain artist, um, which was one of the probably the most tear jerking and thought provoking yeah. performances in the Matt Smith era. But anyway, but okay. What well, second before you move off this episode, the ending. Mm-hmm. The oh, with, oh yes, and with the Queen as well, because. Uh, Tenacos, that's a good look. And another good thing in this episode is the bit that Shakespeare says, I might use that. Yeah. The doctor says, and the doctor goes, Yeah, you can have it. And But then he goes, uh, He says something, he, says, he goes, like, No, that's, 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 that's somebody else's. Yeah. <laughs> that's somebody else's. Um, and then, of course, you have Queen Elizabeth I at the end. Yeah. Queen correct. Elizabeth I. Queen Elizabeth I, even. Off of his head. What? Like, what? So obviously, it's something still. Yeah. Her because, because it's never happened in tenants here and it so far hasn't happened in Yeah, because he says, um, Martha says, you know, what have you done? Oh, I don't know yet. Um, but then I thought that would have went something back to near enough with. Sorry, tell a lie, I'm completely wrong. Um, we find out in tenants finals, you know, episodes with the ood. Uh, oh, is that whenever he says he's married? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. okay. That's it, sorry. Right, there we okay. go. Okay, we did find out. Right, the next one is one that we're very briefly going to skim over because it has Arlo Hannon Dougal in it. It's called Gridlock, although it would have four letters in front of lock for me and one ending in T and some with S because I hate this episode. I think it's Whoa. rubbish. Calm down. It's just like, you know, like, oh, Abby Cat, she'd be a woman, we have baby kittens, and be like, my God, how did they come out? Yeah, that that is kind of pretty darn bad in this. I um, don't have anything constructive to say about this episode, so if you do, I'll feel free. Well, and I don't have anything constructive to say. The only thing say. I'm going to say In about fact, I need to go to the toilet, so you can talk about gridlock, and then the next two. I'll be back in a minute. Don't leave me. <laughs> don't leave me, Doctor. Well, the only thing I really want to say about this episode is the fact of the face of Bo. Because the face of Bo... Don't you go nowhere! He's away. Uh, the face of Bo is... This is the way we mentioned at the start of Series 2 with New Earth. Uh, the doctor had went into the hospital and saw the face of Bo, and the face of Bo says, Doctor, we will meet one more time. And this is what has happened, because during the whole... Uh, run of the episode uh, we see that everybody's in their cars and it's basically just continuously circling, circling. Um, but what we f- you know we find out is that the face of Bo has been using his his energy his life uh, his remaining life to keep the power going and keep the people alive so he's close to death in this but his glass container has actually shattered and the doctor's trying to say to him, you know, you have to live, you have to live, because you told me we would meet and you would disclose information. And, hello, welcome back. Yes, Chris is back. Um, but the f- he says to him, you know, you said you're going to, st- you're going to talk to me. This is the face of Bo I'm talking about. Just so oh, you're still on this episode? Um, and Disappointing. 
the face of all explains to the Doctor, you are not alone. <laughs> so it's been Michael Jackson song. <laughs> so face of all uses the last of his power, and then he frees all the people from the underground. And uh, basically, the Doctor tells Martha about Gallifrey and the Time War, and they return to the TARDIS. Right. Next episode. Next two episodes are two-parter. Um, in my opinion, probably the weakest two-part. Even though it has Captain Panaka from Phantom Menace in it, um, or somebody from Casualty or Holby, That's whatever him. he's called. Yeah. I just realised it is. I I've always thought, who part have I seen him before? Yeah, Captain Panaka. Yeah. It's Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks. <sighs> this is like little pig people running around and everything. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> the more I look at some of these episodes, the more I'm like, oh, I don't like that one, I don't like that one, I don't like that because one. Because ten helped you through them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, again, watched this episode, thought, what is going on? You know, like, obviously, there's these people being transformed into pigs, and then, you know, kind of the... It's an Empire State Building they're they working indeed, on. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, and then he's not as big, like, transmitter... All this stuff. Again, I don't really have much to say about this episode, to be honest with you. Well, what I'm going to say is that the Daleks bring some good to this episode because they make it pretty bearable. Um, I thought it was, you know, okay enough episodes, but the thing that just freaked me out in this was the fact of uh, Dalek Sec absorbing your man yeah. and becoming like a Dalek human and that was just really 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 freaky because I remember when I saw it just absorb him it was just like oh, I don't like it I don't like it um, but basically the whole thing going on this was Tennant climbing up to try and stop the top of the yeah. staple and the lightning striking and causing yeah. the Dalek humanoids and all that sort of stuff but uh, and you see what is it it's like this Cult to Scarrow of like sacrifice some other Dalectanium mm-hmm. for the transmitter and all, but basically the Doctor saves the day uh, when it comes to the humans because the humans turn on the Daleks, and okay. that's the summing point of that episode. Okay, next episode is forty-two. No, it isn't. It's the Lazarus, Lazarus experiment. The Lazarus experiment. Sorry, by Mark Gatiss. No. Is it not? It is. The writer, no, no, the writer is Sorry, Stephen Greenhorn, and the director is Richard Clark. My bad, my bad. He hasn't done any in this. My problem. Sorry, I, I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. So Lazarus experiment. It has Mavis from Carnation Street in this one. So that's another sub crossover. Sorry, I'm kind of partial. Mark Gatiss is in it, but he didn't write it. There okay. Uh, so obviously this is where they're trying to make people youthful by putting them in this machine which is obviously the Lazarus experiment see I find that I find this episode kind of interesting it maybe wasn't the best of episodes but everybody kind of has this interest in wanting to live forever mm-hmm. so, so this kind of that you see like oh look there's you know, it's plain enough saying there's two old people that want to be young again he steps into the machine and becomes young but I think this episode went a wee bit overboard. I think it would have been better if they'd have had like a separate ballet. Mm-hmm. Whereas get, making Mark Gatiss's character Lazarus because he's went in this in the machine and making him young and saying it's you know caused a gene to go out of place and it's what humans could have been. Yeah, 
it was a bit dodgy, like. Um, but it was okay, like, because this is kind of, you see Martha's family come back into this episode, and there's someone, someone walks up to Martha's mum at the end and says, do you know what your daughter's doing? All that sort of stuff, do you know who that guy is? And he kind of, like, warns her that mm. the doctor's trouble. And so you know, we kind of see at this point that Martha's mum really doesn't have, you know, a liking to the doctor. Okay, uh, next one is a couple of people's favourite picks. Um, T.Y. Davies from the Doctor Who podcast, The Journey That Never Ends, but soon to be another podcast. I think it's just the T.Y. Davies podcast. Uh, podcast, and also Nick Whitfield um, from the Doctor Who, um, Doctor Who podcast forums. My mouth would work. Um, which is Human Nature and the Family of Blood, um, starring Jessica Stevenson. You've skipped ahead again. What? Oh, I've missed, missed forty-two. He's getting Bloody tired, hell. ladies and gentlemen. I can only apologize. right. Okay, well, we'll talk about this now. We'll go back to forty-two. No, we'll do forty-two. Ugh. Forty-two is the first time in Doctor Who I would consider it's. What, is it, what do you call it? Live act, not a live action, lifetime or something in real time. Real time. Real time. Very uh, much like twenty four. Yeah. Uh, so you have it's the SS Pentathlon. <laughs> Pantalon. Pantalon. Uh, but basically, in this, you have the bad guy is. It's like oh, it's really odd. It's he's wearing like a fireproof mask and he flips open. Like the protective visor. This is another one that has Michelle Collins who plays Cindy in EastEnders. Another soap crossover. <laughs> uh, and he goes, "Burn with me." Uh, yeah. But we find out in the course of the episode that was it. It was her husband or other half or something like that yeah. that happened to the ship. Um, but in this, we see it's what happens is Martha gets like caught in the escape pod, and the Doctor's not able to get her back. Yeah. Sort of thing, but. It all results in that the ship's going to crash into like the sun, um, and the only way for them, the Doctor to manage to get it to happen is resulting in uh, what you call it. It's because of being mining from the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the wife kind of hugs onto her husband and out the airlock. Yeah, which seems to be a common place in T. Davis's Doctor Who because it happens in midnight as well. I was just about to say that. Yeah, but. The whole main part of this episode is that it's real time, and it was good for its premise, but maybe not the best of episodes. But this is the episode where the Doctor gives Martha a TARDIS key. Because Martha kind of saves his life. Yeah, saves his bacon, because he gets, obviously, harmed by bad luck. Martha places a call to her mum at the end of the episode to let her know everything's going okay because again this is one earlier on uh, because her mum thinks she's in a pub quiz yeah asking you know he had the most UK number ones the Beatles or Elvis <laughs> um, but her mum wants to meet her for tea and all and but there's a person monitoring the call and that be Louise de Trois or something who were played Izzy in Hollyoaks another soap crossover you worry me sometimes by knowing all these crazy facts Chris's, <laughs> Chris's connection but the person who's Francine the character um, confiscates Martha's mum's phone thanks her for her help and uh, her vote as well 
in helping Mr. Saxon. Yeah. Which is again another dropping of the name Saxon, which is this series is Bad Wolf. Okay, so now we will talk about yes. human nature and the family of blood. Blood. Um, I think it's actually pretty good. I I just I don't know what it is about this episode. It's because he's not the doctor that you're a wee bit. Ooh. I just I can understand the storyline of it and you know the scarecrows and all that kind of stuff. You know, but I think it's a very dark set of episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark set of episodes, um, because. Basically, straight off the bat from the first episode of this double parter, there's panic and all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. the Doctor and Martha are in the TARDIS, and like, oh, what's going on? And the Doctor's like, I'm going to have to change myself, and you're going to have to look after me and watch over me, and that. Um, which is where we see the first appearance of the Fog Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Doctor makes himself human, becomes a teacher again, posing as John Smith, um, falls in love. Um, but Martha's kind of watching over him as like the maid yeah. and of course because she is of uh, African American descent um, her word is not respected mm-hmm. even by the doctor because he can't remember it's Martha Jones because he's human um, but you have the family of blood that um, have crash land on earth and they need energy and what's better than energy than a Time Lord and his TARDIS um, so at the end of the first episode you basically see the Family of Blood have them and I think it's like a dance hall or the town hall or something like that mm. and the Doctor you know he's all confused you know they're like saying they're all like Time Lord and all sorts of things like what? but of course we see as well in this the the book with the drawings yeah and this is that's this is the first time really in modern Who that the past incarnations have been, very much, have been acknowledged. Very much the same kind of vein that Rivers book looks like. A wee bit, yes, yeah. Um, but you kind of you see that he sketched the TARDIS and he sketched like the Daleks and the Cybermen, but also all his previous incarnations. Um, but it's the second part which I find is the really dark part because obviously you have it's like I think this is near World War One. The time basis of them, correct? Yeah, I think so. Um, and you're just seeing all the schoolboys with like the guns and all that. Um, but it's, the dark part is towards the end. Obviously, we see it, the Doctor. He realizes that he isn't John Smith. He, you know, he isn't a proper person, and he has like flash forwards and all what his life could have been as John Smith yeah. with her and dying old and all. Um, but he eventually becomes the Doctor again and. Uh, the darkness is what he does to the family of blood and mm-hmm. that like he puts the wee girl in the mirrors yeah and that's so if you look out of the corner your, he explains if you look out the corner of your eye and you think you see someone in a mirror sometimes it's because yeah, they want to live forever so he makes them do that mm-hmm. another one is the scarecrow that yeah. puts like the thing over him and then that's what is it is it the, mo- one the, mom, the mums and chains or something mm-hmm. like that and that's kind of basically what happens in this episode. But this is a much-loved favourite by a lot of people. Probably because of that fact that he isn't the Doctor and he has to play a different role. Yeah. It's down to personal preference. I think it is a good set of episodes, but it is one of those ones that you're just... It depends on you. Okay, well, the next one is um, Justin, a.k.a. In, in the Firm, or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> so apologies for that. Uh, Matt Clark's favourite David Tennant story. 
Um, do, 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 let's see. Sorry, we have like seven pages here for me to flick through. Three of which are from one person. Yep. Um, that's my one, so that's not that. Um, just, uh, Andy Evans from uh, Total Wrestling Show. Um, uh, Breathing Meat. Yes, that's a username. Um, and this episode is called Blink. Woohoo! Uh, this is obviously one where we see the first arrival of the Weeping Angels for them to come back later on. Kind of a little bit coming back in the end of time. <laughs> they don't do that. They don't peek through their fingers. Uh, this is obviously an episode where we don't see very much of the Doctor. It's almost like a DVD extra, so they say. Which I've seen, and... Um, I'll kind of jump into this right away. For like, uh, is uh, the video footage you see throughout the episode that is they are on the DVDs Don't extras? Blink, blink and you're dead. Yeah, there's it was a it was a DVD extra on obviously the complete series DVDs, and I remember sending the video once to you on YouTube, mm-hmm. and the YouTube subscript uh, description had it down like the right hand side. So you hit play and off it goes, and then y- you hear him talk. And then if you read the line, then he responds. It's kind of really freaky. <laughs> um, but yes, this this has uh, Carrie Mulligan as Sally Sparrow, who's went on to be like really in some big big movies recently, like because yeah. uh, this won tons of awards, and I think as a result of that, it actually got her seen. By the people in Hollywood, because she's not by the Weeping Angels, because they cover it um, But she's went on as having a fantastic career, and this was just a little stepping stone to that. But um, the Weeping Angels in this have to be considered one of the scariest recent monsters. Yeah, there's no doubt about that at no. all. Um, but there's a funny thing that happens at the beginning because you've got. She's Sally Sparrow, and then her friend's surname is Nightingale, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, Sparrow and Nightingale, it's like a, it's like a soap opera detective thing." And then, like, yeah, you can see that on ITV, and I'm just like, because <laughs> obviously it's BBC, and they're yeah. taking a wee stab at the stuff ITV do. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, it's an extremely Doctor and companion light episode because, besides, if you discount the video clips yeah. of him. You're probably talking like maybe a handful of scenes because you've got um, the bit where what's his name, the policeman, Shipton, mm. gets sent back by the Weeping Angels, and the Doctor says, "I need you to deliver a message, but it'll take a while." Yeah. Obviously, we were talking about earlier on Love and Monsters, which um, was very light. Yes. With the Doctor, which didn't work, whereas this is very light with the Doctor, but works. Because this was voted the... This was number... This was number two. Number two, yeah. yeah. Number two. The Caves of Ad... Adrozani, or however it's said. Apologies Caves of Adrozani, or something. Yeah. Um, that was number one story, and this was number two. So, it's fair play for a modern episode to be voted up so high. Yeah. Again, it's, vo- it's written by Stephen Moffat, so... Mm-hmm. You wonder at times, um, we'll get on to this with Matt Smith, that some of Stephen Moffat's stories just aren't up to scratch. But then if you look at George Lucas and the older Star Wars, yeah. it's very good, and then newer ones, he wrote and directed, and then I was just like, hmm. But right. um, basically, 
Weeping Angels, Feed Off Your Life, Forced by Sending You Back in Time. Uh, Sally is obviously trying to uh, survive because once the Weeping Angels saw her, they were like, yeah, we're going to get you. Um, so her best friend gets sent back. Then the policeman who takes a liking to her um, gets sent back. Um, and this is where uh, they get into the TARDIS and it causes all the Weeping Angels to look at one another and they basically just freeze themselves yeah um and then what is it at the end of the episode you see her and it was her best friend's brother who they're now in a relationship together um they're running a shop together mm-hmm. and you just she's just looking out the door and the doctor's there yeah with martha and she runs out with the folder which is the transcript of the exchange of the videos and he's like Sorry, who are you? And blah blah blah. Hasn't met, you know, hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So that's that one. Okay, so then we come to the finale of um, this series, which has uh, three parts, which is Utopia, The Sound of Drums, and The Last of the Time Lords. Which Utopia links in very nicely with the end of Torchwood Series 1 and the start of Torchwood Series 2. Because mm-hmm. we have Baraman. Yeah, because you see him, don't you see him grabbing the hand? Yes, yeah. he has the hand and he flings it on his yeah. back in his rucksack. Okay, so Utopia is obviously where we start off, so if you would like to take it away with Utopia then. Right, okay, well, Utopia, um, we see the Doctor explains he needs to, and I'm putting my hands in the air and doing quote marks, ladies and gentlemen, uh, refuel the TARDIS um, by using the, uh, the crack in the void or something over Cardiff, something like that. Um, because supposedly these sort of things um, the rift just happens to be over such a place like Cardiff Um, the rift's more explained in Torchwood Uh, watch that if you want to find out more Um, but the doctors you know, plonk the TARDIS down in Cardiff it's it's refueling Um, and you see Captain Jack uh, and this is in Torchwood uh he grabs the hand, puts it in his backpack, and runs out because he hears the noise of the TARDIS engines stopping. Yeah. But in Doctor Who, you just see Barman running across the, what would you call it, just like town centre or whatever. <laughs> Four court. Open <laughs> <laughs> place. Um, towards the TARDIS, and you just see the Doctor's looking at the monitor, and he sees him, and he's like, oh no. You know, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to have him near him because mm. of events that happened earlier and he starts the TARDIS engines he stops the refueling quickly he's like that'll do you know and off he goes to the thing and then Captain Jack jumps and clings onto the TARDIS and then that's us into our opening montage and all that sort of stuff but of course the Doctor lands in a little planet called Utopia at the end of the universe basically Yana Professor Yana Um, but Captain Jack basically has died and you just see the doctor's like you know, he has an amused look on his face and Martha's like, Oh no, he's dead and, blah, blah, blah. and he's like the the TARDIS tried to shake him off. Um Jack comes back to life and the doctor's like, Yeah. But what happens is they get uh chased by it's the future kind, I think they're called, um, which are like crazy people and they have long teeth. Um they end up in the base in Utopia and word gets to Professor Yana that there's a doctor there which 
then they meet up because Yana is trying to make the spaceship work for everybody to go to. Sorry, a bit, big mistake earlier. I called the planet that they're on Utopia. That's apologies. They want to go to Utopia mm-hmm. um, on the rocket, but he can't get it to work. Um, so he asks, will the doctor help him? Future kind invade the base, um, causing much shenanigans, uh, which results in... Uh, what was that, sorry? <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, which results in, I think, a fantastic back-and-forth exchange between Captain Jack and the Doctor. Because mm-hmm. uh, the Doctor's like, you're an impossible thing, Jack. You know, I can't be having that. And he explains it, and he's like, you know, will I ever be able to die? And the Doctor asks, you know, when did you find out? And he explains yeah. the whole story. Um, but then Martha is down listening to Yana, and she's heard, obviously, about the fog watch. The fog watch has been mentioned that he had it since he was a kid, supposedly. Um, and then she's running after the Doctor and is explaining Time Lord and that sort of thing. And then you see he flicks open the fog watch, and it all flashes through the Doctor's head off the face of it going, You are not alone. Mm-hmm. Which, if you break it down, the first letters is Y-A-N-A, which is Yana. Mm-hmm. And, of course, then we see the return of the Master. Um, and, of course, the Master decides... Uh, oh, I just got, Sorry, I'm just stupid. What have you done? You are not alone, Yana. Did you not I, know that? No, I did not know that. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Club of Knowing now. Uh, Idiotic Eureka like moment. person who has watched this episode besides the kids that have not figured that out. <laughs> not, not to put you down or anything. Nice. Uh, uh, slight disappointment at the end of this episode is that they had to get rid of Derek Jacobi so soon or Jacobi sorry uh, so soon but I can see their point because they couldn't have an old man master against a young David Tennant tall moustache tall moustache funny if only (laughs) Uh, couldn't have Derek Jacobi versus David Tennant it wouldn't make sense Hmm. Um, so Derek Jacobi's master now gets shot by what's her name Uh, insect lady Uh, Chantho Chantho, do, do. It'd be rude. Uh, if she doesn't finish her sentence with do. Um, she, he gets shot, goes into the Doctor's TARDIS, regenerates into John Smith, who's came back from the 70s and 80s uh, to help. Uh, and he basically nicks the TARDIS. John Smith? John Smith? Did That's I what you said. Smith? Yeah, it's just like John Sim, you mean? John Sim. Mm-hmm. My mouth, it's getting late. We apologise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we've been talking so long, I'd be like... I'm uh, born a thousand sleep. But that is the end. Fantastic master, might I say. Yeah. John Sim. I think somewhat more so in this than the end of time. Yes. I think this was like by so far his monologue because he basically had to act that himself because mm-hmm. obviously the, you know, Tenant's doctor was stuck outside the TARDIS and basically yeah. basically the TARDIS has a loudspeaker. <laughs> but has a lot of interesting. Things. Um so John Sim's master, off he pops. But David Tennant uses a song screwdriver to cause it to go to a fixed point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Future Kind try to kill them, and they use Jack's... Uh, teleporte. Teleporte. And that's the end of this episode. And takes us into the two-parter, Chris, if you want to start the two-parter. Yeah, so obviously, the sound of drums. Um, obviously, we've seen, as we've talked about, the Saxon. Um, Saxon is Prime Minister. Um, which the opening of that episode is awesome with him doing his wee speech with his wife 
Yes. This country is sick. This country, this country, needs, needs, this country needs a doctor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very much like uh, whenever they're in Martha's house and they're watching the TV and it goes like, every medical student, every doctor, or something like yeah. that, and then he turns the TV around and has like the dynamite strapped to it. So this is obviously where the master is trying to take over the... Um, country and take over the country take over the world um, then he brings like these little ball things which are called don't tell me <laughs> tech tech te- tecrodites or well got the tea part right Toclofian, Um brings them we see um, we see some woman who used to be in surgical spirit whose name I can't remember I'm getting sick of this ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that just shows some of the stuff this man has watched in his life <laughs> uh, so she's been talking to uh, Saxon's wife, and uh, then she'd be like, "You do a full page spread, <laughs> and they talk about just you, the woman behind the man." And she'd be like, "No, your husband be bad news." And she'd be like, "Isn't that right, Harry?" And she's like, "My faithful companion." Yes. So that's the hint. That the and then that's the hint that the master has a companion. And then the, the Toctafian are uh, destroying her, and you see the master open the door, and you hear the screaming. Can I just say? That woman has a hell of a scream on her. Yeah. Open the door, screaming, close up. Open it again, still screaming. Open it again, screaming, and then leaves it. Um, but yeah, this is obviously the TARDIS is sick because obviously <laughs> there's the... You see a lot of people, you know, tapping their fingers four times, which is a case of... She Martha's doing it as well. Yes, Martha's doing it whenever they're talking about sex, and then you he- see her and goes like, What's that? What, what are you doing? That. Nothing. Yes, and so it's obviously they've kind of been... The Archangel Network? Yeah, it's kind of like subliminally built in, very much like the Cyberman kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with the earpieces, but this is more based in their head. Like, you, you humans... You, you're humans and you're technology, you're a sucker for technology. <laughs> um, so obviously this one here, we go to see that um, they're going to take over... Here and Martha's parents have been kidnapped and all this. Because they're up there on the run, and then that's when we see the first proper, you know, full-on verbal exchange between the doctor and the master on the telephone. Yes, and then we also see the master sitting down with his wife and asks his wife if she would like a jelly baby. Which is something that the doctor obviously asked. We have to. Do you know what we missed? What? But just towards the beginning, when Saxon just walks into the cabinet office, and it's like he has. You know, he has all people from the different parties. Yeah. He's like, just when you saw the election was swinging my way, you jumped on the Saxon bandwagon. Yeah. And then poisons them. And then he's doing the. Like you're crazy. He's doing the with the face mask on. Yeah. Yeah. You're insane. But yeah, so obviously we see that they're wearing like key to the TARDIS, so they kind of like blend in the background, so they can't really be seen. Um, very much like in the same way that the doctor put the wee kid with the balloon in the mirror, so as you can see them out of the corner, corner of your eye, yeah. yeah. Which obviously happens in the eleventh hour with the door yes, as well. Exactly. Um, so obviously the master can then kind of see them, you know, like do you think I'm going to fall for that? That kind of thing. Jack gets shot. Um, they think Jack's dead, where he's not. Um, the doctor then gets captured and gets turned into a very very old man he's like a little elf yeah so I shall let Alan take it away with last of the time lords the last of the time lords so basically last episode rounded off 
Doctor's Little Elfman now and the Toclophian <laughs> have come down in droves because the TARDIS has been cannibalised into a doomsday device of sorts. Um, last of the Time Lords, it starts off, it's a year later, Martha, jo- <coughs> Martha Jones has popped off around the world mm-hmm. to supposedly get parts of like this gum that can kill yeah, the master. Parts, yeah. um, but to be totally honest, my favourite part at the start of this uh, episode is uh, like a radio transmission that you see the Valiant, you know, like an outside mm-hmm. shot of the Valiant. It goes, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, your lord and master is on high. And then you see him dancing to like the Scissor Sisters song. That's when everybody like, pushes the doctor and pushes the doctor um, uh, sorry, but that's, that means he's not the real thing yet, but whatever. Um, but Martha's go- been going around and she's become like the infamous Martha Jones. Um, and of course, the master wants to track her down and kill her, obviously, um, to stop all the plans. Um, but what basically Martha needs to do is she needs to you know, find out how she can get back to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So she meets, uh, what's the name of the woman? Because she meets the Doctor, not the Doctor, but uh, Doctor Mulligan. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode, and he ends up taking her to see another woman who, like her son, was captured by yes. uh, Professor Doherty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they capture one of the Toclophian because supposedly one had been taken down in a lightning one, strike. Which is one he talked to Martha whenever he was trying to board the rocket yeah. to go to Utopia. Exactly. Um, because it'd be a human, and that's in fact where the rocket from Utopia went, and they're all Toclophane now. Um, so again, it was in fact a subliminal message in Yana's head, as the Master, it was a plan that the Master had set up before he'd even changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but Martha Jones ends up being caught by the Master, back up into the Valiant. Um, you also see that, you know, points throughout the episode that her family's been trying to escape. Yes, as well as Jack o'clock. and all, yeah, yeah, the three message and all, um, and Jack makes the funny thing like, "Oh, I wanted some good old fashioned fish and chips." Yeah, um, but basically, uh, the whole time Martha's been going around the world has been, in fact, to spread a message, not to develop this weapon because mm-hmm. she says, "You know, what sort of person do you think the Doctor was? You know, he wouldn't make me, you know, use a weapon to destroy you and that." Um, so basically it occurs at a point that uh, everybody thinks of the Doctor and uh, he kind of become, gets brought back to his fully rejuvenated self. Yeah. And he floats across the room uh, on... I suppose he gave a tense that it's quite so on some strings. Um, and basically he says to the Master, you know, you know what I'm going to say? And he's like, I forgive you and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and the mess is not happy bunny because he you know the doctor's like you know he's like what are you going to do with me yeah and he I'm says gonna you're going to stay with me in the TARDIS and he's like you're going to keep me like a pet he's like I can't have that So, but then the master gets shot by Lucy mm-hmm. who has now gone all loop de doo da she's gone all loop de doo da and uh, the doctor's like you know regenerate regenerate no, I refuse. Which had never been really explored hmm. in Doctor Who, to my knowledge, anyway, until this point that a Time Lord can refuse to regenerate. Yeah, I don't remember it ever being mentioned. I haven't seen it in any of the old episodes I've ever watched. Um, so the Master dies, and we see 
Lieutenant. Uh, well, of course, everything gets referred back to normal again. Mm-hmm. The amazing Russell T. Davis technique of press the big magic button, it all goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the master gets burned, and you see his ring fall on the ground, and you see it picked up by somebody, and you hear a cackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much that episode in the sense of it, but uh, that marks the end of Martha Jones. Yeah. Because obviously you've Captain Jack and Captain Jack uh, he goes and get, drops Captain Jack off home first mm-hmm. back in The face of Poe they used to call me. Yep, that's what I was right about to say. The face of Poe they call me and Martha and Doctor just looking like, no, no it couldn't be. And then, because was it, I remember the time that Barman was doing an interview on the radio and he explained the day him and Tennant found out and he said Tennant have you found out yet or is it no it was Tennant came to him and he says have you found out yet have you found out yet and he's like no and then read it and they're like oh. um, so yes Captain Jack is the face of Bo which will be quite interesting to find out considering now Torchwood's being made in America uh, still by RTD so it's okay um, and then Martha's taken home she's like yeah, takes hands in the mobile and says you know, yeah. you're not going to you know Whenever that Unless rings, you, you tell me, Mister. Yeah, because um, she basically explains, "I've kind of been in love with you, but you haven't reciprocated, so I'm not going to waste my time." Off a pop, mm-hmm. um, and then the doctor, no, what, no, before that happens, no, no, no. he presses the button. Yeah, okay. That's what I was going to. He goes up to the TARDIS console and presses the button, and if you watch the normal series, you hear er, poof, Titanic crashes through the walls. What? But, but there'd be a little in-between part. Called Time Crash. Okay. Time Crash. Um, obviously, we've had the three Doctors. We've had two Doctors. We've had five Doctors. This is wherever we see Peter Davison. Yes! Represa- rep- rep- reprising his role as the Doctor uh, for a brief stint for Children in Need. Um, where The Doctor, you just see him kind of appear in the TARDIS kind of walk around and go like excuse me oh yeah sorry. sorry yeah and then kind of look at each other and go like you know, they have like this exchange go like who are you who are you what What are you doing in here what are you doing in my TARDIS what are you doing in my TARDIS and then it's kind you're of you're going to be the future father to my grandchild I know who you are you're a fan go like what I'm a fan um, what about Lindelot <laughs> yeah which obviously goes against uh, you know love monsters which is the Linda group obviously um, so um, this is actually wrote by Stephen Moffat as well and then it went all downhill from there <laughs> yeah so um, so they basically have an exchange and um, Tennant saying to Davison you know like um, the glasses are because of you because of the wee glasses you wear you Shoes. know like you the shoes are very much the same kind of vein and even goes far to say you are my doctor so obviously whenever Tennant was growing up he must have been a Peter Davison if fan. it was wrestling it would be breaking of KFAB yeah exactly well it's breaking, it's breaking the wall and all as well just reality full stop yeah but um, sorry itchy ear <laughs> but it, nevertheless it's an, a joyous little episode to see and obviously it gives us it gives us fans an appetite if they do something monumental future, for, like, yeah. for like the 50th anniversary um, but we're going to talk about quickly Voyage of the Damned and then we're going to wrap this up because um, we've been at this for near enough an hour so definitely in the next episode will be series 4 
um, followed by the specials, followed by Matt Smith. And your um, emails. And the emails as well. Um, so hopefully what we'll be doing is this will probably be up and then the week after will be the next one. Uh, whether it clashes with Chronicles or not, um, we'll put up both anyway so every fan gets what they want. Yes. So, Voyage of the Damned. Every obviously, fan gets this. Obviously, uh, time, time crash. Um, you hear Peter Davison say, don't forget to put your shields up. And Kevin forgets. He forgets. And then you hear, mm, as Alan says. And <laughs> you hear, er. <laughs> yeah. Diesel coming in. Um, and then the Titanic hits. Can I just say quickly, uh-huh. when this happened, I completely freaked out. And I was like, oh, it's the Titanic. Awesome. Because obviously Belfast Titanic was built here. And I'm, a, you know, my granddad got me into that sort of thing. But long story short, I was like, yes, they're going to do an actual story on the actual Titanic. And then it turned out it wasn't. Yeah, so then we have Callum Noak, who's in Neighbours, mm. which is also a soap, another soap reference. And then we had uh, a guy who played Richard and keeping up appearances, who be Mr. Whatever his name was. Uh, the one who kept getting things wrong. Uh, I can't remember his name. I, he did a degree in like, yes. Earth history or something. And then we have Bafakata Lata. Oh, he's called. awesome. Yeah, he's a cool little cyborg. Bafakata so, yeah. did good. <laughs> Voyage of the Dam was set in the Titanic, as Alan's explained. Um, and basically the Titanic is a ship that's up in the Interstellar cruiser Inter- yeah um, so they have little uh, watches that they can te- teleport down to earth to buy trinkets as he says I'm Max Max Capricorn mm-hmm. so whenever they're actually walking around it's very quiet and the only person they see <gasps> is Bernard Cribbins but at this point we don't know who Bernard Cribbins actually is yes it's just some uh, random newspaper guy indeed um, but um, this was probably the first special that I actually watched at Christmas time, obviously. Um, the I don't think I s- watched The Runaway Bride at that stage. Um, I think that was, that was probably the first one I actually watched. I definitely know that I s- watched The Next Doctor. I definitely know that. I was kind of disappointed in that, but anyway. Um, so Voyage of the Damned... Um, so they're trying to help Alonzo. Alonzo um, Alonzo. Um, who is up the um, the hole. Um, but there's up all the... the hole? Up, up in the bridge? Yeah, but the... Uh, the main hole were... The you bridge? Know, yeah, whatever. Uh, because the hosts Obviously have turned... Obviously, ho- ship. <laughs> and the hosts have turned hostile and are going around killing people, so he's had to seal himself off. So the doctor says... Information. Yes. <laughs> Raw. You have three questions. Is that <laughs> three right? Three questions. What? Yes. No. <laughs> Can I start again? No. That's another question. That's One question. Um, so, um, yeah. So, Max Capricorn is the bad guy who's, like, sealed off because, like, there's a part of it's like, an insurance claim he's wanting. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a lot of people criticised Callum Rogan and said that she wasn't really great on this fair enough Catherine Jenkins was somebody who hadn't acted before but did a stellar job and I, think that's, what, I think that's what people are comparing them mm-hmm, too much yeah. to is that Catherine Jenkins yeah. no acting experience Kylie Minogue acting experience yeah but then a lot of people were like we don't want Kylie to be the next companion yeah. and all that kind of thing but basically her character Astrith isn't it Astrith yeah yeah um, she Astrid yeah she basically saves the doctor and uh, basically the doctor tries to bring her back with the teleport what, what's wrong? no it's okay the teleporting thing that she had in her wrist but um, she was too far gone so he let her fly with the sky you know that kind of thing so fly, fly. 
isn't the last time that we see Alonso because obviously Alonso appears in the end of time with Barman. Which is actually a nice wee thing they did and that yeah. they didn't need but then to there was a lot of back. talk in like the magazines of whether there was going to have Alonso and Captain Jack spin-off mm. which would have been a good thing to see whether we maybe see him appear in Torchwood or we see like a reference to him but who knows but I think that'll probably do us with Voyage of the Dead. And for this so, episode. <laughs> well, we need to round up first yes. of all before we actually go. So there's no point just going to a break to come back for like a couple of minutes. So obviously we've discussed series two and three and Christopher Eccleston's I apologise if I've been a bit obsessive. <laughs> this episode. Obviously there's that much for us to go by. You know, like once we trigger one little thing, we keep talking about other things and it just keeps firing and firing and firing. So... Next episode, series four, specials, Matt Smith, your emails, and also, um, Alan and I will be discussing who our favourite companions are, whether it be uh, Rose Tyler, Donna Noble, Sarah Jane, Joe Grant, Liz Smith, or maybe it'll be, you know, whether we classify the Brigadier as a companion or not. Dilemmas, know. dilemmas. Yeah. Also, our favourite uh, villain, whether it be the Master, whether it be this character, whether it be the Cyberman, whether it be Daleks, whatever. F- favourite um, person betraying the role, including the Master as well. Yes, and al- also we have, um, also with your emails, we have people's favourite doctors. We have a tally of who the f- doctor is. You, the, you, the fans, voted as their favourite doctor. Yes, you. I'm pointing to you. Yes, you. Um, so, yeah, so. We know that we've rabbited on a bit more about this, you know, like, yeah, so you're maybe talking, (laughs) you know, like, if we were to put this on one episode, I think we'd be talking about five or six hours, which I don't think anyone wants to listen to whatsoever. Um, So, join us again, and then, obviously, this will be the final Doctor Who special before we go to London, England, to the Doctor Who experience, and then be going, do you know that we talked about Doctor Who for, like, six hours and then people were going like, my god those people didn't talk some crap oh, we, knew we, we knew it would happen we knew it would happen uh, but uh, we obviously scheduled today to do all this and it's just like oh great we now need to schedule another day to do all this and get it out of the road because we're trying to get it out of the road so then we have have it all edited and everything and for when we go all away. put together for when we go away and all we have to do is hit publish we'll not worry about it because like Alan has to go and see some ice hockey and hope that the Belfast Giants win Woo-hoo. if they don't win he'll be like oh my god this is like so disappointing that I came all the way and I wish I was back home talking to Chris but Doctor Who and all that kind of stuff. I don't even don't even say that, but anyway. So right, <sighs> take a deep breath. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to turn left right about now, and then we're going to go down this rope because somebody be stealing Earth, and then we're going to go. Oh, no. We're going to go to pla- like we're going to go. Shh, there'll be silence in this library, and there's also going to be some partners in crime. <laughs> partners in crime that be Alan and me I've been Chris Vint I've been Alan Price she's been Donna Noble over there hello and um, I'm going to stop talking like that now and I'm going to say thank you very much for tuning in isn't that right Alan yes yes we hope that we haven't bored you too much and hey if this has bored you then you find a perfect reason to go to sleep night <laughs> night night <laughs> Next time on Operation Retroshock. You seem to be drifting, sweetheart. I'm not drifting. I'm waiting. What for? The right man. I've seen him. I've met him just once. And then 
I let him fly away. If you ever see a little blue box flying up there in the sky, you shout for me, Gramps. Oh, you just shout. Because he's still out there, somewhere. And I'll find him, Gramps. I'll find him. Come with me. Thrillers in the chase, never in the capture. Is the spark of life. I just want a mate. You're not mating with me, sunshine. Being with you, I can't tell what's wrong and what's wrong anymore. It's better that way. I do not understand, miss. Why'd you say miss? Do I look single? Why yes. I demand you tell me who you are. Almost every species in the universe has an irrational fear of the dark, but they're wrong, because it's not irrational. We're going out. Oh my God, the stars are going out. Rose is coming back. No matter what's happening, isn't that good? Yeah. The real world is a lie, and your nightmares are real. Not everyone comes back out of the dark. It's coming from me! Stay in the light. Stop me, why are you doing this? Don't play games with me. We are going to get out of here, I promise. Right, now we're in trouble. It's only just beginning. It's coming, Nana. Coming from across the stars and nothing can stop it. What is the darkness?